Hey guys, Esther here. I just wanted to pop in with a quick content warning ahead of today's episode. Uh, at about the ten and a half minute mark, we have a bit of discussion of corporal punishment. It's nothing very graphic or heavy, but if that's something you want to skip, just jump ahead about three minutes to about 13 minutes, 30 seconds. Okay, that's all. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast of Dawn's House, because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. I'm Esther. I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife. And today we're talking about Babysitter's Club book number 36, Jessie's Babysitter. Uh, did anyone read this before? Nope. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. Did you remember much? Uh, so I didn't think I had remembered much. Um, I... So I went into this going, this is going to be stressful because of interpersonal dynamics. Um, and I thought I probably didn't read it very much for that reason as a kid. But um, I remembered so many. It just triggered a cascade of things in my mind that I remembered <laughs> from um, from back in the from back in the day. In particular, um, I think I said it to you guys. There, there is a scene um, at the start where there's a, a chocolate cake in the car with Jessie. And she's like, ooh, what's that wonderful aroma? And I definitely learned the word aroma there <laughs> um, but there's all sorts of bits that are just like little phrases that I, I just remembered really hard when I went through the book um, I couldn't remember the main plot that well just details um, so yeah I, I, I guess I read it aloud <laughs> <laughs> I think that's often the way with them you remember loads of little details more than the actual like here's how the mm. conflict gets resolved yeah, yeah. definitely Um. I I think at this can I just flag something before we begin? Yeah, <laughs> go for it. That um we are three white ladies, um, mm-hmm. and we are reading a book that was written by another white lady thirty mm-hmm. years ago, um, which is about interpersonal dynamics in a black family. Um, and I feel like just every as- aspect of this podcast is gonna be so speculative because <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about. And I don't think Adam Martin knew what she was talking about, really, about people's specific lived experiences. So just like yeah, we'd spend so much time speculating about her intentions anyway. It's um <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's just it, it, take none of this as like <laughs> informed. Yeah. I think that's fair. Take none of this as informed could be our like unofficial slogan, I think. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I researched a named type of candy in this book. I'm informed about a type of candy. Yeah, I have opinions about this candy. <laughs> um, I'm I'm very impressed with Anna Martin for identifying an actual real life rock band and naming them. We had actual pop culture references in this and I am excited. Yeah, is this by Anne or is it by someone else? <laughs> yeah, I mean, was this a ghost written no it's by Anne I looked because I was like this person has heard of a band from the 80s this can't possibly be Anne and it turned out it was Anne Mm. I mean you'd have to be in the 80s like living a very very sheltered life to not have heard of Duran Duran but even so (laughs) yeah but she hasn't heard of any TV more recent than I Love Lucy so (laughs) that's true well Sesame Street that's about it By, by 1990 kids didn't listen to Duran Duran anymore anyway so no, that's true. Still charmingly outdated. 
I, I still reckon Charlotte is young enough that she's got records by her parents around the place. Um, and that could be a few years old. And then she's like, yeah, no, this is cool. I need oh, some, yeah. I need some rock. <laughs> I don't need it for myself. I need it for my plants. So I don't have to be too choosy, really. <laughs> I'm looking at the um, remarkably good UK cover, guys. Yeah, we have fully transitioned to competent cover artist. Which is kind of disappointing. I know. I think this is strikingly, like, competent. <laughs> I know. It does look very like an issue book. Like, this looks like Jessie is running away from home. She looks... And it does. It looks very emotionally intense and tragic. But, like, mm. yeah, everyone is, like, competently drawn. Looks like people. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like black people. They haven't, like panicked and decided they didn't know how to draw like non-white people so they were just not going to try yeah i mean even their white fig- people were like basically stick figures up to this point so yeah this is <laughs> yeah it's yeah jesse looks roughly 11 12 <gasps> jesse's wearing a friendship bracelet oh, yeah. that's a great detail this is somebody who actually also read the book because there are friendship bracelets mentioned very briefly mentioned i will say that Anne cecilia looks about 31 um, when I think she must at least be in her 60s. Um, no, she's her dad's sister. So I I read this as her dad's much older sister. Um, Me she mentions uh, that she had her own children who have clearly moved out and are not in the picture anymore. I suppose, um, yeah. So I, and I, I, I envisage this as um, uh, Jesse's dad is the baby of the family. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going on anything real there. I do think that in the, the book where um, they got stuck on the island, Aunt Cecilia is flagged as an older sister. So yeah, that's um, yeah. this is my, my sense. But I also think that, that the fact that she, she does look too young to be mm. old Aunt Cecilia is probably just, you know, she's in the background. She's quite small as a figure and she her face is a little scowly. It's very contorted, so, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably just... Like if if she if, if if she had been a larger picture, they might have been able to age her up a bit better. If she was more zoomed in. I also, I am taking Jessie's description of her with a pinch of salt. Like when Jessie says she's a wizened old hateful crone, I'm yes. like she's probably forty five. <laughs> yes, I assume that's she's around. I, that's it. I'm assuming she is at the oldest about fifty. Yeah. yeah, sure. She does have adult children. That's that's all I'm. That's all I'm yeah. saying. She does, but like. You could have a kid at 20 and then be 45 and have a 25-year-old. Like, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> um, I, I, I just feel like Jesse is a bit of an unreliable narrator in this one because Jesse is in a fucking mood. <laughs> she, in fact, describes her as Aunt Cecilia is an old prune at one point, which is hilarious <laughs> and does imply it, that she is very ancient and wizened when, you're right, no, she's probably like early to middle, middle age. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean... I'm 37 and one of my nieces has described me in terms not far off that when she was mad at me. And that was like five years ago. So (laughs) what did you do? I very politely and calmly asked her to be careful she didn't break something in my mother-in-law's house that she was poking at. And she looked at me and said, you're so ugly and your arse is so fat and your hair is so messy and your glasses are weird. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Is, is this your, your smallest cousin? This is my smallest, smallest niece, niece who's like an yes. agent of chaos. Yes. Okay. Wow. There, there was no lasting ill feeling. She has never spoken to me like that before since I think she just didn't like to be thwarted. And I just kind of shrugged and laughed at her and she, we moved on. <laughs> 
Wow. Um, Sick bird. That's like a curse. I always think of people criticizing stuff like your glasses. It's like, no, I chose them on purpose. I knew yeah. what they looked like. Thanks, I, I, though. I like them that they look like this. Sorry. Yeah, this yeah. is the look I was going for. Yeah. Like, yeah. Weird, weird is my aesthetic. I'm sorry you hadn't noticed until now. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I look like this on purpose. Um, sorry. <laughs> I was kind of impressed that she was able to just calmly reel off these objections to my whole being when, like, there hadn't been any fight escalating up to that. She just, like, come off with this off the cuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's zero to 60, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that's, <laughs> this isn't the relationship that Jessie has with her aunt. No. <laughs> just as well. Although actually... I did recently see that niece for the first time since the pandemic and I said, it was lovely to see you again. And she said, yeah. And I said, was it lovely to see me or was it just okay? And she kind of said, it was just okay, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) My niece has the biggest will cut a bitch energy in the entire family. And that's, we have quite a lot of that bouncing around, but like most of it. I'm kind of scared of your niece. I haven't seen her since she was a toddler and like, I'm, yeah, I'm good to just hear about her, I think. She's quite intimidating, but she's actually very good fun also. She's good company. You just like, don't go to her for like reassurance or validation because you won't get it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the American cover. Yeah, the American cover is like, it's a Hodges Swallow cover. You know you're in for a competently painted good time. Uh, Jessie is dressed like tremendously 80s. Yeah, uh, it's great. She is, she's <laughs> so 80s. It is, yeah, I, I love it. I love this jumper. It has just absolute like chaos of like shapes and colours and zigzags and things mm-hmm. on it. It's extremely on trend. She's quite grown up looking for an 11 year old. Um, but every yeah. other part of this is is very good the stances of the people are extremely convincing uh, i especially like little becca who's just like watching open-mouthed as a showdown <laughs> happens between her sister and her aunt yes um, yeah. and it's like oh oh my god um i just i i i, I can't look away <laughs> and like little teeny yeah. baby squirt is adorable squirt is adorable and i really like that aunt cecilia is like brandishing a, a wooden spoon mm. like <laughs> now you listen to me young lady not yes. as a weapon but just as a sort of like a rhetorical implement to yes. emphasize her point she's shaking it in jesse's face yes uh, that is a, a, a um irish matriarch um move as well very much <laughs> yes yes although when an irish matriarch busts it out the implication is you're going to get slapped on the bum with it yes specifically <laughs> well i think the implication is you could She's never going to do it because you're an adult, you know, well, but the, that's oh, that's what she's referring but, to. <laughs> but I mean, I do know, I know some people where the wooden spoon was always a joke. Mm-hmm. I know some households where the wooden spoon was a genuine threat. And I know some households where like where the kids were generally scared of it, even though it wasn't used. And I know some households where the wooden spoon was absolutely used. Um, <laughs> one friend of ours had a, quite a large family and the mother used to bring a miniature wooden spoon in her hand back to mass. <laughs> What, for slapping, like, misbehaved elves she might see or something? No, it was just that it would fit in her handbag. The full-sized one wouldn't fit in her handbag, so she had to get a small one. Oh my god. It was for slapping the children. On the go. And another friend of mine, 
uh, actually another ha- former housemate of mine um used to um one day uh, used to when he was realized he was away he had to fess up because he was going to get caught for something he would bury the wooden spoon in the garden first (laughs) (laughs) and one day when he was in his like 20s his parents were like getting a patio put in or the garden dug up or something (laughs) and his mom was like why are there all these wooden spoons oh my god he was like oh yeah oh my god a graveyard of wooden spoons (laughs) that's why they kept going missing (laughs) Yeah, like literally, like when when this man was in his twenties, she was like, "Oh, that does explain a lot." That's amazing. Yeah, I'm just picturing um, like this forensic excavation of like all of these wooden spoons going back decades. Now this layer dates to around 1989. <laughs> and I mean. Like, presumably, like, it was just a precaution on on his part. It was just like, I don't know, it could come into play, so let's just avoid it. (laughs) Tactical genius. Yeah, it's impressive. Well, you know, this is another reason why corporal punishment is bad, because you run out of kitchen utensils and you have to buy more. Exactly. That's just not sustainable. They're like a euro 50 each. (laughs) I do feel like going on the record to say that I am against corporal punishment of children. Yes, me too. Yes, we, we all are. Ireland was not a very enlightened place in the 80s and early 90s, guys. No, <laughs> no. no. We, we only have a veneer of enlightenment now, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but we're clinging to it. <laughs> <sighs> yes, we're an anti-wooden spoon podcast. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but those are hilarious stories. Yes, but we're, we're pro-wooden spoon-based hilarity. <laughs> yes. But yeah, no, it's the, 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 the American cover is great. Um, yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah, As but yeah, wish. I'm I'm disappointed in the British cover for not sucking. Like, what are we gonna hate on now? I think we're gonna have to adjust to the fact that the British covers are gonna be okay from now on. They're fine. I know they're fine. Mm. They're, yeah, there's a couple of weird ones, but they're just generally gonna be fine from here on now. And we apologize to you, our listeners. If we <laughs> yeah. could change this, we would. <laughs> All right, we start the story with um, Jesse having a mandatory token dance scene there's not going to be any more dancing in this book so don't get attached yes this is a, this is our one glimpse of dance class mm. exactly <laughs> dance class madame is talking in her mandatory faux french accent that she's from kentucky definitely <laughs> jesse's dad comes to pick her up because her mom is mysteriously otherwise occupied and as Karen remembered, there is a delicious smelling chocolate cake in a box in the back, but he won't tell her why. So she speculates that he got a promotion or a raise, but he didn't. Then she wonders if they're moving back to New Jersey, but actually doesn't exactly want to move back to New Jersey. So uh, it's fine that that's not what's happening. Then she wonders if they're going to Disney World or maybe even Texas, because she's always wanted to see yes. Texas, <laughs> which cracked me up. I know. <laughs> what? Uh, okay (laughs) yeah but you know what though kids kids just get weird notions like that yeah like do we win the lottery are we going to disney world are we going to texas i've always wanted to see texas like all right there's a line in that 70s show where um one of the characters says you want your first makeout to be somewhere romantic like disneyland or ireland (laughs) oh god (laughs) it's like yeah (laughs) Uh (laughs) at the cricket (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, God. Hashtag romance. <laughs> Hashtag romance. Yeah, there's things that people hadn't fully thought through or they didn't really... Yeah. I suppose there's a whole syndrome for um, Paris. Yeah. <laughs> for people who found Paris wasn't what they thought it was going to be. Yeah, exactly. Je- Jessie has Texas syndrome. <laughs> Luckily, she's not going to Texas or even Paris, Texas, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, if you're having your... If you're imagining having your first like kiss in a, a like a romantic tourist destination place you're not imagining having it in the same people places the people who are local to there have their first kisses <laughs> that's, that's true. an important distinction yeah. I'm, I'm sure i'm sure she's imagining windswept mountainsides the cliffs <laughs> Moor, or something like that you know that's a very good point <laughs> not like clontarf we couldn't yeah. be doing that yeah like <laughs> Yeah, Demo, you're probably wondering why I brought you to the Cliffs of Moher. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very long bus journey, but we're here now. You, you can't back out. You may now smooch me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or even worse, we meet him. <laughs> I mean, I've come all this way. So I yeah. guess, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Jessie is um, unfortunately not getting to live out her ultimate dream of seeing Texas on this occasion. <laughs> um, but she convinced herself that her mom was pregnant because um, that's the only other form of good news she can think of. <laughs> and her, her dad specifically like negates this. He's like, no, no, your mom's not pregnant. You're just going to wait till you get home. And she was like, oh my God, she's definitely pregnant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, like, she could not have anticipated the news because 50% of it is, to her mind, very bad news. So the good yeah. news is her mom has got a job and um, it's very sweet because like they're quite disappointed because they really wanted the news to be that she was pregnant. But they're like, mm. we knew this was important to her. So we cheered and gave her a hug and like, yes. good for them. Those they're are nice kids. Of her. Yeah. But yeah. the bad news is that Aunt Cecilia is moving in to look after the three kids. The girls are much less gracious about this and just immediately go, no! <laughs> Which I don't blame them for. Yeah, they, yeah. Have, they do have a very recent, um, like... Terrible uh, experience with her. Example of yeah. um, being minded by Anne Cecilia, which went extremely badly in the um, the island adventure yeah. <laughs> situation. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's it, it was introduced quite well. Um, it would have been quite... A lot less effective if um, they had just objected randomly to a character we had never encountered before. Yeah, mm-hmm. but she is recently on record as having been a pain in the ass. So yeah. mm-hmm. that is understandable. Yeah. This was well played. Well played. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Jessie gives us a little bit of exposition that uh, Aunt Cecilia is recently widowed and can't bear to stay in her old house because it was full of too many memories. And then mm-hmm. says, Aunt Cecilia is bossy, strict and mean. Um, so thanks for that empathy, Jessie. Yeah. It is hilarious how callous she is. Like, the whole thing is, though, the first third of the book before Aunt Cecilia actually shows up, you're like, wow, Jessie is relentless. Jessie is badmouthing Cecilia to everybody she knows. And in her head, in her inner monologue, Aunt Cecilia is an old prune is only like the beginning of it. And you're like, Jessie, chill out. And then you meet Aunt Cecilia and the first thing she does is be horrible. Yes. yes, like Jessie is actually vindicated. She's not wrong. She is. <laughs> um, we 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 expect her to be being over the top, but she's not. <laughs> yeah, it is just a hilarious segue, though. Like, oh yeah, she's just yeah. been tragically widowed, and her life has changed forever, and her heart is broken. But also, she sucks, and that's that's what's most <laughs> yes. important. 
people are complex and these things can also be both true. I mean, I think yes. the thing is, right, she was horrible before her husband died anyway. So, That's true. You know. <laughs> mm. So they're very unhappy about this, um, but they decide that they will do pranks on her to get rid of her if need be, like putting shaving cream in her slippers and a fake spider on her pillow. Mm-hmm. Um, so this helps them to uh, calm down. They they draw up an, a list. They draw up like an action plan of ways to haze Aunt Cecilia. <laughs> she hides it in a drawer. You should never leave a paper trail, Jesse. Rookie mistake. Yes. I mean, like, it's such a kidlet staple. Mm-hmm. Um, let's prank the horrible nanny until the horrible nanny goes away and it literally never works I think it works in Victorian fiction is the thing um, I think it is very much in the vein of Mary Poppins is the 12th nanny because all of the others have been yeah. pranked until they left which is probably where kids get the idea that this actually does work because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're not the focus of the story you know they didn't have the sticking power to be the the, the protagonist in this particular book um, I, I do I do think though that um that list I got the heebie-jeebies when I heard about the list first I was like oh no we can't have um this is gonna get found and I'm always <laughs> so embarrassed when people's embarrassing lists get found this I feel like <laughs> happens to Karen Brewer a lot um I fully expected the list to get found yeah fair yeah no spoilers <laughs> <laughs> okay then we'll Stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out if the list gets found. <gasps> yes. Be on the edges of your seats. Cut to ad, Esther. This is a good moment. <laughs> you should totally get a square space. <laughs> square space, you're getting this one for free. <laughs> but let's talk. <laughs> no, we don't have our own website, so we don't know whether it's good or bad. Sorry. We're way too lazy for that. I have my own website. It's pretty great. <laughs> Cool. I'm actually very pro Squarespace, but I'm going to cut that out because they didn't pay me to say this. <laughs> Take that, capitalism. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sticking it to the man, I'm pretty sure, in some very nebulous way. No, I have definitely, thanks to podcasts and um, YouTube videos, been like, maybe we should just make a website for the podcast. Maybe I should just get Squarespace and make a website for the podcast. <laughs> it's very easy to use. The templates really are great and very easily customizable. <laughs> it's true what they say. <laughs> Esther, it's your ad is less effective if you sound kind of desperate and sad. <laughs> She's not being paid for it, okay? Yeah, I'm not being paid. I'm just endorsing a product for free. I feel terrible. <laughs> You're just sadly endorsing it. Yeah, it's like yes. putting pictures of your feet online. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Do you not have like more integrity if you're just like... No, I use this and it's good, as opposed to being paid for it. Yeah, yeah but I just feel like a a, a goober. I'm giving them free ad space and they didn't even pay me. Yes. I've done myself out of this. Sadly, Squarespace don't offer money to people who have listenership figures in the high 100s. <laughs> yeah, man. Take that, so- Squarespace. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Esther, stop advertising Squarespace and put your socks back on. <laughs> stop being a patsy. <laughs> but my fans have needs, Karen. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. So okay, <laughs> moving on to this wholesome children's story. Um, so Jessie wants to call Mallory to vent at her, but uh, Mallory is out of the house, so she leaves a message with Nikki saying this is a matter of life and death. Sort of. Uh, <laughs> Nikki is suitably impressed. 
Then um, she hangs up her sign on her door that she hangs up when she needs privacy that says, keep out, please. This means you. Privacy needed. Thank you for your cooperation. <laughs> I love how polite this is. I love Mallory's <laughs> objection, which is like, no, you just put up a sign that says stay out or else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Mallory has a lot more younger siblings to contend with. Jesse has a, a air of being like firm but polite. You know, she's got yes. that, that mix going on. That wouldn't work for Mallory, I don't think. I think things no, are just didn't. a lot more civilised at the Ramsey house. Like, yes. Everyone's having a dialogue at the Ramsey house. In the Pikes, you just have to tell people to fuck off. Yeah. Yes. So then, because she can't get through to Mallory, uh, Jessie just sort of montages about her friendship with Mallory and catches <laughs> us up on who Mallory is and who else is in the Babysitter's Club. Yay. Phew. I know. Thank God we didn't miss out on this chapter. Because the theme of the novel is elderly relatives who move in to look after the kids, she tells us about Nanny, Christy's elderly relative who moved in to look after the kids. But she is mm-hmm. not a thing like Aunt Cecilia. She is nice. There's an awful lot of Nanny being talked up in this book. We never see Nanny. In fact, we almost never see her at all in the Babysitter's Club. I think only in the Karen books, really. Um, yeah, we just hear she's great. Yeah. Because she has a social life in a pink car. We also hear a lot about how Mimi was great because Mimi was much nicer than Aunt Cecilia, obviously, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, this chapter is historic because this is the first instance, but yes. not the last, of Anna and Martin trying to make fresh happen. Yes, yes. Jesse uses it a few times in the course of the novel. Um, I counted several, three yeah. times at least. Yes. Um, you know, Jesse being like attempting to make the slang happen kind of makes sense because she's younger than the others, and like, <laughs> although she actually she says she's quoting Claudia saying it here. Yeah, she attributes it to Claudia. So Dawn is so cool. She says, as Claudia Kishi would say, Dawn is fresh. Yeah. Did she say it one time? And then like the younger babysitter's <laughs> like, okay, this is a thing we say now. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what big girls say. Also possible. Uh, yes, teen girls are at the forefront of introducing new slang, or in this case, Anna Martin pretending to be a teen girl. <laughs> yeah. Which is why it didn't happen. Yes. <laughs> Very possibly. Even in the books, they're like, this is just something me and my friends say. This <laughs> You know, yeah. True. <laughs> anyway, she spends an entire chapter listing off the club members, as you do. And then the phone rings, but we never actually find out if it's from Mallory or not. It just jumps forward. That's just the end of the chapter. Yeah. The phone rings and the montage ends. I will say, she does at one stage say, both Claudia and Stacy are pretty fresh themselves. They're also the most sophisticated of all us members. Lubes usually comes right out and says that. But we all know it's true. It's like, oh, Stacy does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've read her in her monologue. She says yeah. it nonstop. Stacy's very aware. Yes. Almost everyone says it in their own description of the club. I, I can't think of anybody who doesn't bother explaining that they're sophisticated. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we should look out for that. It'd be quite telling if someone was like, yeah, Claudia and Stacey are fine, I guess. They're kind of they like... Exist. <laughs> they exist. They've got notions. <laughs> I feel like Mallory might say that since Mallory and Claudia don't like each other, but... Yeah. I think Mallory admires Stacey, though. Yeah. That's true. Um, Stacey is everything she wants to be. Yes. <laughs> Claudia is far too bad at spelling for Mallory's tastes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So next chapter, uh, Jessie is heading off to a club meeting. Um, She is thinking about how much she now appreciates having her mom at home 
now that her days of having her mom at home are numbered and she is dreading having Aunt Cecilia coming and thinking of scary music playing every time she thinks her name. Um, (laughs) So they all go up to the meeting. We get the mandatory exposition about the history of the Babysitter's Club. Um, She's sitting, she's sitting in the, um, in the club meeting room at this point, telling us all about how the club was founded and the club notebook and everything. And the fact that Stacy really, really loves getting money and Don's the alternate <laughs> officer and blah 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 and then Christy is like ahem and I think this might be our first instance of like somebody actually getting called out for zoning out and expositioning in the middle of a like social situation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesse is like oh I looked up guiltily boy had I been daydreaming <laughs> yeah. I love that Christy can tell Yeah. <laughs> no exposition during the meeting you do that when you're at home. Yes. Do that when you're standing there holding a casserole waiting for it to cool. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> With your hands just sizzling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she um she pulls herself out of this montage and then complains to everyone about Aunt Cecilia coming because partly because she doesn't like Aunt Cecilia and partly she's just inherently offended at the idea of a babysitter having any responsibility for her because she Mm. is a babysitter she doesn't need a babysitter yeah that's fair um that's well worked into the whole dispute with Aunt Cecilia um yes it's it's nicely established I I think this is yeah this is good it's not just her going uh she's old yeah (laughs) Um, and Christy and Claudia talk about how great the grandmothers in their houses were and it's totally going to be lovely and Jessie is like no it's different this is Aunt Cecilia she's the fucking worst <laughs> they already yeah. know how Aunt Cecilia behaved during the the, the crisis you know yeah. the island thing so it, it's very like oh maybe it'll be okay though <laughs> just like no no it won't no, no nothing it won't. will ever be okay again <laughs> it's just funny because like jesse up to now has been like the level-headed one mm. who like never blows things out of proportion and never like loses perspective on things she's always like refusing to get pulled into the drama when the older girls get pulled into the drama mm-hmm. and jesse is just like <laughs> She has she has legitimate grievances in this, but also she is absolutely determined to be as mad about this as possible from the outset. Yep. <laughs> and it's just, it's so unlike her. I'm fascinated. She has a recent grievance, like yes. very recent. Um, yeah. But also one of you guys made a good point, which was that um, they're, they can all be quite good at having perspective as long as it's not a drama that they're at the center of. Um, and when, when they are, they're just yeah. like off the deep end <laughs> that's very true <laughs> which is i think how most of us operate yes yeah but it's very particularly heightened in this i think because it rotates among all the different characters yeah. so everyone gets to take a turn <laughs> at just losing the rag yeah i mean she did have a mid-career crisis if we recall as well <laughs> and, where she was like a very unclear about whether she was going to be a ballet dancer or a model and, oh, yes. like under a lot of pressure because at the age of 11 she had to make this big decision <laughs> and her, her parents were like on record as being like honey we're here to support you we're just gonna <laughs> let you work through this <laughs> parents are great they are good yeah <laughs> yeah no but it does it you're right um because she is definitely the mo- the least likely to get sucked into anybody else's drama yeah <laughs> but she's like i'm determined to be mad about this and nobody is getting in my way mm-hmm. <laughs> shut up about your beloved dead grandmother claudia nobody wants to hear <laughs> she's not relevant right now <laughs> exactly 
<laughs> so next um next chapter she's heading off to the Radowski house is pretty funny she says Archie Radowski is going to soccer lessons and that she thinks the idea of a bunch of four-year-olds playing soccer must be quite a sight it's like your friend coaches a softball team where some of the players are almost certainly still in nappies I think four-year-olds <laughs> playing soccer is like quite respectable compared to that but like they're all four and there's a load of them I mean it must be adorable yes for sure adorable I love it. I don't know if you've ever seen um, the Suzuki method, um, yeah. which is like, yeah, the violin schools. Where we knew somebody whose kid was doing that and um, they they start them very, very small and with the teeniest little violins you've ever seen in, in your life. And I'm like, it's so cute and I'm so glad I can't hear it because the violin <laughs> is torture for the first couple of years when you're a person that has your full manual dexterity and when you're a toddler... I mean, I know they're going to be playing Vivaldi when they're six, which is probably why you do it. <laughs> but even oh. so, you're start you're signing up for a couple of years of oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Good yeah. luck. Also, the idea of literally having the world's tiniest violin is amazing because then you could like bust it out to be sarcastic whenever yes. you need it. Because you get like one sixteenth size, can't you? Can you? Oh it my god! It must be one sixteenth size. Well, I had an eighth size. Well, my dad got given a quarter size violin down the pub when I was about five. <laughs> Why do these things happen down the pub? He swapped it for a dragon egg. <laughs> it was, yeah, pretty much. He's the Hagrid of musical instruments. And it was too big for me. Um, so he sold it and, or traded it in for a, an eighth size. He swapped it for a smaller violin. Yeah. I don't know why that's funny, but it is. Well, I was, I was only about five and I was very small for my age. So I think, yes, it needs to be an eighth size violin. I'm just picturing a shady guy in like the car park at the back of the pub with a trench coat and he opens it and it's full of like different sizes of little violin. (laughs) There's a tuba. There's like a a, a piano. (laughs) Probably. There's a double bass in there somewhere. Yeah. It's a very bulky trench coat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was very bad at the violin. Very, very bad at it. I think that is characteristic of the violin, though. I think it takes quite some time <laughs> to get a decent noise out of it. I, 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 I took lessons until I was eight or nine, and I was very bad at it throughout. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yes. I am not made for manual dexterity. <laughs> Speaking of which, Jackie Rudowski. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, good segue. Jackie Rudowski has a boot stuck on, and Jesse has to pull it off for comic comic relief. She eventually gets it off and tells him that nobody ever got a boot stuck on his foot, boot stuck on his foot, and never got it off. As Jesse arrives at the door, um, there's a scene where uh, she hears someone running towards the door. There's a crash and a cry of, oh, darn, darn, oh, bullfrogs. I'm like, bullfrogs. <laughs> That did not strike me as anything out of the ordinary when I read it as a child. But now I'm like, (laughs) that's some good not quite swearing there, Jackie. Yep. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) I imagine a kid like Jackie needs some some safe words to vent with because like (laughs) there's a lot of pratfalls and mishaps. Yes. Um, Poor trickster god. Yeah. It's hard. So (laughs) Jesse finds out that there's a science fair at Jackie's school and he thinks it would be kind of fun to make a volcano like he saw in the Brady Bunch once because um, (laughs) all TV must be from the 60s. Mm -hmm. But that he thinks he has too much bad luck and he shouldn't enter enter a contest. Um, Which is kind of sad. Mm. 
And I can understand why Jessie wants to encourage him, but she immediately loses all sense of perspective and loses to run yeah. of herself. <laughs> like, the, one of the very first things is like, you'd win for sure. Like, don't tell a kid that. You can't say that, no. No, never tell anyone that about any competition unless you know they're the only person entering it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sometimes not even then. Also, <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's weirdly disgusted by the concept of volcanoes. Uh, ja- Jackie says uh, it would be great to make a volcano and there'd be lava everywhere and she immediately feels kind of queasy. Um, and she comes back to this. She's just really not keen on volcanoes. But uh, yeah, she basically like... <laughs> she's a volcano folk. Frog marches him... Yeah, she is. She frog marches him down to the library, uh, which he's visibly reluctant to do. And mm-hmm. they go to the science section and get a book of experiments, including a chapter called How to Make an Erupting Volcano. This sounds like the most luxe, intense, like high concept erupting volcano <laughs> experiment ever. Yes. Yes. This sounds like something that's going into the Smithsonian. Yes. Like, this does not sound like a science fair project. You have to construct a terrarium to put it in. And he's like, they didn't do that on the Brady Bunch. <laughs> yeah. And Jess is like, well, we're going to. It's going to be the best project in the whole school. <laughs> like, or, or die trying. Get the kids' parents to sign off on this first, Jesse. <laughs> I know. Like, do, do they just have a bunch of, like, sheet glass lying around? Like, this is... This is quite a commitment <laughs> that is definitely a safe thing to have in the house that you share with Jackie Radowski who breaks everything that he <laughs> oh, looks at oh, I know he should just not be around glass also they need redacted chemicals <laughs> <laughs> yeah like what happened to vinegar, vinegar and baking soda guys I know yeah. right or um, like vitamin C, vitamin C I yeah. think is a, a bath bomb component that yeah. I think features heavily in volcanoes as well. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can use that instead of your baking soda because it's more portable. Mm-hmm. But yes, there is a chemical which we are not allowed to know what it is that you can get at the drugstore and it makes your volcano go boom real good. And I'm kind of frustrated that Anne won't tell us because I just want to know. I'm not going to make it. I just want to know what the chemical is. Also, you're in your 30s. You could make it if you wanted. Yeah, if you felt like it, you could just make a volcano. I could make a volcano, but then I'd have to clean it up because I'm in my 30s. So I'm not going to make it. But I want to know what the chemical is. <laughs> um, I, I'm concerned about what it is, actually, because yeah. later on in the book, it's implied that you could get burns from this. And <laughs> yes. that it requires, it has to be set on fire. It's not just a chemical reaction. It's not yeah. pouring vinegar into something. Yeah. It Somebody has to light it. I think Anna Martin <laughs> made that up completely. Like, I, I just think she did. I'm sure there are plenty of things you could use for this, right? But you probably don't for a children's science fair because they're hazardous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the other reason I'm not going to make this because I'm kind of afraid of burning my house down and then having to explain to the management company <laughs> that I was making a volcano I read about in the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> Do it outdoors. Yeah, the, people might notice the flaming crater I left in the outdoors. <laughs> yeah, but like, that's easier to fix. Okay, Aoife, why don't you do it outdoors and tell us how you got on? I can't, I'm pregnant, it would be dangerous. <laughs> oh, okay, you're extra flammable when you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it's more like, I can't reach things as easily. There's a big bump there. <laughs> that's true, you have to fling the match from a really far distance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get her a big long stick. I, yeah. I totally would, you know. Okay. Like, if you could just figure out what those chemicals are. All right. Next podcast get together. (laughs) We're making a bomb.
when when I moved when I moved into my parents' house, the field that we're going to be building our house in, we're going to make a bomb in it. <laughs> it won't be the first bomb to go off in that field. Yeah, your dad can help us out. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> now, as the person here who has made not one but two volcano cakes, <laughs> I, I will say that um, if it's a cake, you actually don't necessarily have to make it go up as a bomb. Um, but I did look into this both years when I was trying to do it. Um, the actual recipe recommends dry ice, which would have been so cool. But I reckon Ooh. I needed about maybe a hundred grams of it, and you cannot buy less than thirty kilos. That is the <laughs> Okay, that's fair. And I'm not the kind of person, like, I just cannot justify having 30 kilos of dry ice in my home. Just <laughs> even though... Make the house real atmospheric for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, just... Be, I'll open the door and just, like, a mist will waft out. It's, it's not even going to last a few weeks. If you don't keep it in the freezer, it's going to, like, immediately nature will take its course it's not like i hate then i'm gonna have like a box of crap in my house that like i have to deal with it's gonna evaporate just enjoy it and sing some power ballads like just... yeah have, have that mist float around the house become your own morbid destiny you know you want to okay i kind of do want to now maybe i'll yeah. do it like halloween or something and yeah you go like, <laughs> a gown but then i also have to make a volcano cake i think my children's desire for volcano cakes may have been exhausted but i don't know it's been two years in a row now so <laughs> well maybe it's become a tradition <laughs> they're good cakes they're, they're, they're kind of cool they're impressive yeah, they had dinosaurs on them and everything if you want to know how to make the volcano cake look up like tasty i think that's where i got the recipe um but it involves a box cake and if you know what the secret forbidden chemical is please at us yeah. <laughs> Because we we need to know for reasons. <laughs> <It's> gasoline ester. <laughs> Just like... I don't think you buy that at the chemist, though. <laughs> they had to go to four different places, and she didn't say that one of them wasn't just the petrol station. <laughs> True. Good point. <laughs> she hasn't ruled that out. She doesn't know either. She doesn't know what the chemical is. She doesn't want anybody like burning their fingers off at home. Yeah. She should have said it was vinegar and baking soda. Oh my god! Come on. Yeah, but then there wouldn't have needed a match and I don't think Jackie would have had this emotional meltdown over vinegar and baking soda. <laughs> I think I think she should have stopped at vinegar and baking soda. But I, I'm just picturing Anne being like, if I tell them how to make this, they're going to end up making meth and it's going to be all on me. Like, <laughs> I, I can't tell them any ingredients wow. for anything. That's really an, that escalated quickly scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Anne takes her responsibility very seriously, except when she's representing disability issues. <laughs> Children's science fair results in meth. <laughs> it's a slippery slope, guys. Science exactly. is bad. You should just read the Bible instead. Volcanoes are a gateway experiment. <laughs> so yeah, Je they sit down in the library and Jesse reads up about geology and stuff. She says, Jackie sat next to me while I learned about lava and fire and fountains and ash and gas and some pretty disgusting things. I do not know what her issue is with volcanoes. How, how are they disgusting? <laughs> There's no germs. Like, they're sterile. They're terrifying. You know, awe-inspiring, horrifying. Yeah. Um, the kind of thing that you lie awake at night worrying about if you live near one. But no, it's not gross. Yeah. Does she think lava looks slimy? Because it looks delicious. <laughs> but it would be bad for you to touch it and not because it's slimy the forbidden cheese <laughs> yes yeah I guess like because it's it's got ooze and I guess it kind of 
farts? I don't know. I don't know what her issue is. Yeah. Jackie has a moment of hope when he realizes that he doesn't have his library card, but Jessie just uh, takes the books out on her card and marches him home. Yeah, she's really not sensitive to how much he's trying to get out of doing this. Yes, he's being really pretty clear about not wanting to do this and she is not hearing him. Yeah. So they announced Mrs. Radowski what they've committed Jackie to. And Jackie is like, uh, maybe it's quite expensive because we have to buy all the glass and the redacted chemicals and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, <laughs> no, it's fine. We'll find the money for it. Jesse, this can be entirely your responsibility. Good luck. Yay. I think um, they're like, they really want to encourage Jackie because he has a, like very competent older and also younger siblings and he's yeah. the klutz and everybody knows it so they're like oh he's got an interest let's let's help him with it and he's like uh i, I guess i guess i should go along with it because people want me to now <laughs> yeah like, yes oh yes. jackie is such a good kid he is he's actually great. a good he, kid i do feel very bad for him in this <laughs> yeah next chapter at the pike house um Nobody is fighting, not even Nikki and the triplets. Mm. We fall down with shock at this. Um, <laughs> the boys are playing wandering frog people. <laughs> I'm so happy to see the wandering frog people. I know. I yeah. never want that mystery explained. This has been going on for about two years now, which is one year longer than Mallory hoped it was going to last for. Like, yeah, one year and 364 days longer. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What's your beef, Mallory? It's quiet. It's specifically specified that it's a quiet game that the yeah. triplets play and don't argue with each other. Like, anything that keeps the triplets occupied not bullying Nikki and not being misogynists. Like, yeah. Or creeping on the neighbours. Yeah, Nikki is actually playing with the triplets on the wandering frog people. This is yeah. a breakthrough. Come on. Yeah. What is Mallory's deal? Like, hmm. anything that gets them to leave you alone, Mallory. <laughs> So Vanessa and Dawn are going to do the Robert Frost jigsaw puzzle because they're the hugest dorks ever. <laughs> I like jigsaw puzzles and I don't mind Robert Frost as much as I mind most poetry, but like, come on. <laughs> um, so Margot is uh, thinking about entering the science fair as well. Um, and Mallory tells her that it'll be great fun and she should totally enter. Um, so... They instantly get sidetracked because they go up to search the book, to search the house for science books. And then mm -hmm. they realize that they need to organize their books by topic. And then they decide to organize all of their books like the public library and set up a lending library and let other kids borrow their books. And honestly, this sounds like the most fun. They make a little checkout counter and they make little like checkout slips and cards and little labels for all the different categories. And I would have absolutely eaten this up at that age. It sounds so fun. We kind of did that when I was a kid. There was um, me, the girl across the road and uh, the girls down the road from us. We took a load of our books, pulled them in one of the one of the kids, uh, the girl across the playroom. They had some extra shelving. We took loads of our books, pulled them all. Now it was just us. It was more of a private club affair, but <laughs> meant that we could like just read other people's books. That's so good. It was brilliant. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. I, oh I, I really approved of this. I ha did not have this reaction <laughs> to it. I was like. Oh, Anne. <laughs> this is not the kind of thing the kids do. <laughs> Maybe, I guess it is. Um, I thought of myself as a huge nerd, but I guess I'm not as big of a nerd as you guys were. Like, Evidently not. I'm a little shocked, Karen. I don't fully buy the Pikes doing something that feels like intense wish fulfillment for Anna Martin. <laughs> That's fair. 
you know, <laughs> let me tell you all the Newbury Award winners that we have in our library, guys, said Jordan or somebody. Never. <laughs> no. I um, will accept that it's very out of character, particularly uh, the triplets being really involved in all the like detailed nitty gritty admin and cataloging and stuff. Yeah. But I enjoyed reading about it so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the least toxic the Pikes have ever been. Yeah, I'm just going to let people have their fun. Oh, except they do get the thing. When they're like, altogether we have science books, mysteries, your horse stories, Mel, Claire's picture books, the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew books. Adam made a face at the mention of Nancy Drew. Oh, get over yourself, Adam. It's it's obligatory. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because we can't we can't have a book with no misogyny. No, of course not. (laughs) Yes. The misogyny section of the library is over here. (laughs) (laughs) The misogyny section is forever fucking Adam and Nikki are apart. Yeah, it's just the triplets sitting on a shelf. <laughs> they're, they're also reading about frogs for the wandering frog people. Yes, I love that detail as well. They're doing research so they can play wandering frog people more accurately. <laughs> so they go tell the neighbour kids about it um, and a few kids come by to borrow books. And then the Pikes are like weirdly pissed off when Buddy Barrett comes to return a book during dinner time. Mm-hmm. So Byron has to put a sign in the front yard saying that the library isn't open during meals. The Pikes, mm-hmm. for people who don't believe in rules and are free-thinking anarchists, sure have a lot of weird arbitrary rules. Guess everybody in the neighbourhood had better note down when the Pikes are eating. <laughs> Which yeah. will definitely happen at the same time every day, forever. <laughs> I mean, they can probably tell from the reek of daddy stew that wafts over the neighbourhood. <laughs> <sighs> um, in the meantime, can we talk about Margot's science project? Yes, um, yes, which do. I, I love mostly because it is the first recorded instance in pop culture in which somebody made a project for a science fair that was not a volcano. <laughs> I know, right? She's a visionary. <laughs> yes, she's truly, truly different. Um, I'm going to make a shadow box, she said. It will show what life would be like if the moon was our home planet, Um, which is delightful. I made a shadow box in... um fifth class because I had a craft book that showed how to do them and I was like oh this sounds like fun I'll do one of these and I brought it into my class um, and my teacher who was big big into crafts was like this is great I'm gonna make everyone do one and like he oh he no saw her. well I, I I didn't get any I didn't get any blowback I think people really enjoyed it they okay. were they all like about a month later they all brought in shadow boxes that were like 10,000% better than mine. Some of them were incredible. Oh, no. <laughs> Some of them would put like, yeah, like adults to shame. I remember going around and being like, God, these are great. <laughs> They're all so different and cool. Like, um, So yeah, I was like, I should have, um, he let me off the assignment because I'd already made one, but that was like, oh, I should have done, <laughs> I should have done more of this. Uh, but yeah, so I, I have fond memories of shadow boxes. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what a shadow box is. Is it the same as a diorama? Um, I think the idea with a shadow box is that you put a hole in one end that's your peephole and that you that's the way you look into it. So you're looking into through the side or sometimes like if it's a little house, you can put in a window and that's where Mm -hmm. you're peeking in. And it's supposed to it's supposed to be viewed from that angle. It's not like a diorama is um, is more of a scene, like a mock up of maybe a stage or something. And you can look at it from any angle. A shadow box, you're supposed to peep in and see the, the scene. That's cool. That's amazing. I've never heard of that. Uh, it's it's cool. It's fun. Like, oh my god, your kid would be into this. I bet if you um, be like tremendously into it. <laughs> if it was a nineteen thirties country house murder mystery shadow box, you'd be all over it. Oh, now you know what shadow box you're doing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
That sounds amazing. Okay, I really respect Margot's project on a whole new level because like that that also sounds extremely cool. I also love how completely off track it goes, but that's yeah. <laughs> that's for later on. I feel like it could still be art, you know. It's, yeah. it's maybe outside of STEM now, but <laughs> so next the day has arrived and Cecilia is moving in. Um Jessie does her ballet practice down in the basement and then she smells coffee brewing in the kitchen and, as she says, went upstairs to see just how the awful day was going to start. (laughs) That's the spirit. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, she comes up, her parents say good morning and she says, morning. I didn't say good morning because it wasn't. (laughs) I remembered that in particular. (laughs) So drama. I know. Uh, she's very glad that Aunt Cecilia has her own car because that means she'll fuck off out of the house sometimes. And <laughs> as Christie's big brother says, a set of wheels is like totally necessary. <laughs> I love the inclusion of like in that sentence. Otherwise, how would you know that it was a teenager speaking? Exactly. I think Charlie is a stoner. Like, I still it definitely think that. makes him sound like a stoner. Like, if you put like in with the commas in written language, you are signaling stoner, particularly back in those days. Like, yeah. Charlie is, it's canon now. Charlie is a stoner. No matter that we all say like about every three words nowadays, including university professors and <laughs> yeah. the president. So, it was, it was different then. Um, this is definitely. Uh, and signaling to us that Charlie is off his face when he's opining about a set of wheels being totally necessary. Um, his rad wheels. Becca and Jessie, in a hilarious act of passive aggression, have made a banner that says "Welcome Aunt Cecilia," but spells her name wrong. I love this. <laughs> and yeah, then Aunt Cecilia turns up and, as Karen said, justifies Jessie's apprehension by immediately giving out to Becca for slouching and telling Jessie to tidy up her hair. Uh, what the hell? It's so. Yeah, you you just can't win anybody's affection this way. You didn't even say hello. Come no. on, I don't care how strict you are. I don't care what your reasons are. <laughs> like, be nice. It's just rude. Before you walk into the house, you can start with the rest of the stuff later. <laughs> yes, you're not on the clock right now. <sighs> um. So Aunt Cecilia has turned up with a U-Haul full of stuff. And Becca and Jessie are very unimpressed with this because her stuff has to go all over the house. And their mother points out that this woman is, uh, lest we forget, recently widowed and is bringing like her house full of tragic memories with her. Uh, and Jessie feels sorry for her for about 10 seconds, uh, then doesn't because now her room is full of old lady stuff, yeah. uh, which would, would legitimately be very, very annoying. Then she gets annoyed at Aunt Cecilia for like quickly and efficiently unpacking, uh, which is like really a bit harsh. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch eating crackers territory. Absolutely. Um, We're deep into bitch eating crackers territory. And Cecilia could have bought like gifts and she'd be annoyed about yes. it at this point. <laughs> and Cecilia could have got them an all expenses paid holiday to Texas and she'd still be annoyed. <laughs> so yeah, then she weirdly like sends Jesse and Becca to bed, even though it's not their bedtime, and she's not on the clock yet, and this is very obnoxious. And I'm very mad at her for this. Yeah. The, the girls, like, make a token protest to their parents. Um, and the parents are just kind of hanging out in the living room reading. And because, you know, they don't watch TV, like all those other degenerates. No, they're good people. <laughs> yeah, nobody watches TV. Um, and they're like, oh, no, you don't have to go to bed now. But they don't kind of step in. So it's not flagged at this point that Aunt Cecilia is already, like, yeah. starting to 
flex on the girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they don't want to bring it up properly with their parents because their parents are tired and they don't want to stress their mom out before she starts work. It Yeah, so this whole thing just holds together for me. So they, they are... They will continue to be reluctant to raise the um, evident severe issues with the parents, um, yeah. which is why they, they kind of have a power struggle with Aunt Cecilia. Um, yeah. And this is a thing that annoys me so much when it's in so much media where there's like a thing that the kids know about that they haven't raised with the obvious adults to raise with because we need to have a plot. Yeah. Um, I hate that genuinely it i just believe it here is that they're being very um considerate towards jesse's mom in her new role um who's like she's just gone into back to work and they don't want to stress her out um but like all of this could have been solved immediately (laughs) yes oh my god also yeah like when you hire a childminder, you need to sit down and have like explicit detailed conversations about the routines in the house mm. and the rules in the house and what each child is allowed to do. Yeah. And apparently the Ramses are completely unaware of this. Jesse should know this because like this is the kind of thing the babysitters talk about with their clients. I mean, in a way, it does make more sense that that conversation wouldn't be had in a situation where it's like, we're family. You know, it's more yeah. informal. If she's not getting paid, which... Yeah, I'm uncomfortable with. Um, I really hope she's we, getting paid. Yeah, we don't. There could be a, a some kind of informal arrangement yeah. that Jesse's not privy to. That would also make sense. Like, yeah. um, but that they are hoping it will all work out because everyone's family and they love each other. Even though, like, actually, there's no love no. here. <laughs> <laughs> there's no love lost in this particular situation. But yeah. uh, just from an admin perspective, you need to be like. Here's how everything works. Yeah. Here's where the yes. pediatrician's number is. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Here's their <laughs> bedtimes. Yeah. Like, you need to do a handover. So like, you're not getting the 11 year old into her pajamas at 8 30 at night. Yeah. On a weekend. In this role, it would potentially make sense for Anne Cecilia to call a pediatrician. <laughs> like, that <laughs> could happen. Especially if, like, She's probably going to be the girl's guardian, in theory. Yeah. You know, should anything happen. Um, like, maybe it would make sense for Anne Cecilia to have the pediatrician <laughs> Not like every other fucking babysitter in the town. Yeah. Um, but no, they should have discussed um, everything. <laughs> like, it baffles me that, like, the Ramses who are normally, like, extremely together and on top of things and very sensible, have just completely, like drop the ball on this like they they really need to have had like several chats with Aunt Cecilia about like here's how we do things in our house but the amount of leeway that's being provided here suggests to me that um she's doing them a huge favor Mm -hmm. yeah um which I also don't understand because they're they're just going to be a two-income family and they're living in the McGill's old house. And as we know, the McGill's are fancy people with lots of money. So I assume the Ramseys also are like... Yeah, so they're much. not badly yeah. off. But I don't understand why they thought she would just like parent according to their wishes based on vibes and nothing else. Like, that's, yeah. that's not how this works. They're sensible people. They should know this. Uh. Anyway, the next day, uh, Jesse's dad suggests they all go out to brunch and Aunt Cecilia is like, oh no, why don't the two of you just go to brunch? And then I'll babysit the kids. 
And the parents are like, okay, bye. <laughs> Uh, so Jessie and Becca and Squirt are left at home and she's very annoyed because Aunt Cecilia is too um, micromanagey and reminds Becca to use her napkin and things like that. And then Jessie, it's Jessie's job to clean Squirt up after meals, but Jessie and Cecilia is like, no, no, I'll do that. You go get dressed. So Jessie is cranky at Aunt Cecilia taking over and decides to rename her Aunt Dictator. <laughs> she also complains that um, Aunt Cecilia has told her to clean her plate. Uh, um, yeah. Yes, the obligatory I'm a ballerina and I'm watching my weight um, situation. Although it's also like super nobody tell you to eat if you don't want to eat. That's nobody's business. <laughs> yes, but also Jessie should be allowed to clean her plate if she wishes to clean her plate. Yeah. I'm so like yeah. I, it's such a stressful paragraph because Mm-hmm. this yeah. is jesse's business but also fuck off ballet industry this is jesse's business <laughs> this is jesse's business but also she says i can't be a fat ballerina yeah yeah it's every every sentence is stressful i'm yeah. much too old to be told to clean my plate sometimes i can't yeah that's fair um besides i have to watch my weight i can't be a fat ballerina ah <laughs> don't even think about any of this i know <laughs> So yes, after breakfast, uh, Jesse wants to take Squirt out for a walk in his stroller and emphasises that she'll be careful, but Aunt Cecilia says it's too cloudy outside, which is hilarious. Like, <laughs> clouds are not going to hurt him. It'll be fine. Uh, she won't let Jesse cycle to Mallory's house because it might rain and the roads will get too slippery. Uh, so Jesse stomps away and Aunt Cecilia tells her to walk like a lady. <laughs> it's it's a really interesting... it Like... It's not just these things happen. It's yeah. Jesse wants to babysit for her small brother yeah. and Cecilia vetoes it. Jesse then says, okay, I'm going to my friend's house. And Cecilia's like, no, you're not going to because of the weather. But like, it's it's just clearly become a power battle. Yeah, like, yeah. instantly. Um, it, like Im- immediately and it's really like um the way that jesse's saying i'm going to do this thing and cecilia's like no you're not yeah. um it's it it just really pointed on both of them are flexing as hard as they can and like yeah. jesse loses <laughs> because she's, yes she's, she's younger um i i feel like a lot of kids in this case would be like you're not the boss of me and go to their friend's house <laughs> yeah, because it's a very reasonable thing. But I don't think that the the resulting anarchy is something that Anne would feel comfortable with. So Jesse, like, yes, she stomps off and is then told that she's not being a lady. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I wouldn't have. I definitely got minded by people who didn't know what I was and wasn't allowed to do and didn't believe me that I was allowed to do things. I can't think of any specific examples and I always just sort of defeatedly slinked away and did not do the thing. Oh, hmm. yeah, it takes real nerve to say that someone isn't the boss of you. Like, yeah, only some kids can do that. Yeah. Jesse and Becca uh, do not feel able to do this. So they decide to raise some hell. <laughs> so they sneak into Aunt Cecilia's room. They short sheet her bed. They fill one of her slippers with shaving cream and they put a realistic rubber spider on her pillow. Oh my god, this is actually the second day of her living in their house. Yeah. I was like, when I read this, I hadn't realised quite how fast things had gone south. Yeah, like... she literally arrived yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> then it occurs to Jessie that they might get in a ton of trouble for doing this. But she's like, oh well, guess we'll wait and see. And then it turns out 
Nothing happens. They're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Jessie is mystified by this. Yes. She she now realizes that that um and Cecilia has a bunch of ammo <laughs> that she can hold over their head. And she's <laughs> totally like walked into this situation. These days Anne Cecilia would have photos on her phone of yes, all the, absolutely. the things that had happened. Um I feel like the shaving foam is a tactical error because all the other stuff, if you have regrets, you could probably undo. You could take them away, yeah. But yes. the shaving foam, that slipper is ruined. Yeah. <laughs> that has to go in the wash before it like Yeah. yeah. <laughs> before it goes back into circulation. Also, I'm wondering how much of a can of shaving foam does it take to fill up the slipper? Is her dad gonna be like, Where the hell is my shaving foam gone? Because <laughs> it's all expandy. I so, suppose. Yeah. I suppose it'll be all right. I mean, like shaving foam is one of the most fun substances to just slop around with. <laughs> I think I'd be mad if I found somebody had filled my slipper with it, but I'd also be kind of like, I'd probably wiggle my toes in there for a few minutes. Oh yes, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, satisfying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, okay. Let's assume Aunt Cecilia enjoyed the sensory experience. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why she's not mad. Maybe, yeah. It's like, huh, she hasn't really reported them yet. <laughs> it's like ASMR. <laughs> she's a big ASMR fan. Yeah. Um, the next day, they send uh, their parents off to work. Uh, Jessie feels like she's sending her mom off for her first day of kindergarten, which is adorable. <laughs> they grow up so fast. Um, then the girls go off to school. Uh, Jessie gives Aunt Cecilia some parting instructions about uh, Squirt's schedule and the fact that he's allowed to watch Sesame Street because it's wholesome <laughs> and she likes to take a bottle of water to bed with him. And Aunt Cecilia gives her the stink eye and says she raised children of her own. You still need to know the individual, like, yes, like routine of this specific small child who is not verbal enough to tell you. Yes. I mean, this is nothing to do with, like, she's not telling her... her how to lift the baby it's like by the way he's specifically allowed to watch sesame street he has naps at these times he has takes a bottle of water to bed with come on these are specific to this child what's that movie where you get different characters giving you the same scene and it's different for each person's viewpoint uh rashomon 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 i feel like um if we got Anne Cecilia's perspective on this, it might actually be, yeah, obviously I talked to your parents about this. Um, and now I'm being lectured by this 11 year old. <laughs> and what I actually said was, yeah, no, I know this already because I've heard it. Like I've been told it. Highly um, possible. And not just like, I raised my own children. I know exactly when each child needs a bottle of water. <laughs> Even if she had like, she was still ignoring what she had been told when it came to Jessie and Becca. So why That's should true. Jessie assume that she knows what she's doing when it comes to Squirt? That's that's, that's true. true. Um, I, I, Jessie is being very like specifically directive. I guess I just assume that the Ramses are not doofuses and yeah. have like actually given her <laughs> instructions on how to raise their child who's not even a toddler yet yeah they did probably <laughs> give them instructions for caregiver instructions for squirt even if they were less detailed because they figured jesse and becca could tell her and that they didn't think that she'd ignore them for their own needs i would really like to assume that she did that they did give her instructions but at no point like even when this is all resolved did they say nobody ever says we had a conversation about this oh yeah 
and you know the the parents like eventually give Aunt Cecilia concrete instructions but they're imparting this like it's new information I mm-hmm. really don't think they did it, I mean it just seems so unlikely that otherwise rational parents who have displayed the best parenting as we've pointed out previously of any parents pretty much except for the fact that they went out of town and left the 11 year old in charge for a three day weekend that was doofusy yeah it, it was yeah <laughs> Yeah. Like it's, well, yeah. yeah. Okay, maybe their approach is well. We're gonna delegate to Jessie, and just let her go head to head with yeah. a, like a full grown adult who we've brought into our house with no ex- explicit instructions on how she's gonna mind everyone. It's not like, their finest moment. I don't know. Like none of this hangs together very well. <laughs> no, that is no. extremely true. Maybe Anne did not think this through because she needed a plot. Mm, that is the I other explanation. So. Crazy, but it might just be the reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, Jessie comes home from school and is mortally offended because Aunt Cecilia has made them a snack, but it's milk and cookies, which is insufficiently mature for Jessie, who wants a sandwich. I mean, like, and Jessie's take on it, it's, I know she says it's childish, but really what it seems to be is two cookies and a glass of milk is not filling. I ate lunch before noon. And I want a sandwich. Hmm. That is fair enough. But like, she also seems to be offended by like the symbolism of this. No, that's right. She does. <laughs> this, this does not reflect her yes. status as an 11 year old. Then hilariously, Aunt Cecilia doesn't want Jessie to go to Jackie's house because she doesn't want her spending the afternoon with a boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jessie explains that this boy is seven and she's babysitting him. And also, what the fuck does Aunt Cecilia think Jackie would be doing if, even if no. it was an 11 year old boy? Like, come on. Anyway, um, she doesn't want to let Jessie go to babysitting or to her meeting, but Jessie explains that she has responsibilities and she made a commitment and that uh, her parents will back her up on this. And eventually, grudgingly, Aunt Cecilia lets her go. So she turns up at Jackie's house to do some steamrollering of her own. Um, (laughs) Yeah, she's just paying it forward. Yeah. Uh, Jackie's dad has helpfully made a glass and wood box uh, to put the volcano in and Jessie's like okay actually I'm quite relieved that we don't have to <laughs> cut sheet glass and <laughs> I was fully prepared to do it <laughs> I-, I was going to do some welding but if your dad decided to take that on well I guess that's okay <laughs> so yeah they have an afternoon of her attempting to micromanage them building like layers of igneous metamorphic and sedimentary rocks uh, they get sidetracked when Jackie and Archie just play with paper mache and have the time of their lives. Uh, to her credit, she doesn't freak out over this. <laughs> She's like, clearly would much prefer that they were building like a complicated geological model, but she lets them do it and yeah. <laughs> they have fun and it's fine. Jackie says it's the best day of his life that he has got to do paper mache. Bless. Um, <laughs> I feel like Jackie should be allowed to do more like destructive stuff in a safe environment. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it would mean that he would like get a bit more used to the rest of the world and not be quite so handling <laughs> objects and yeah. Uh Jackie needs more sensory play and yeah. I'm glad he got yeah. some and I'm very sad that this is apparently the best day of his life. <laughs> um Next, we cut to Christy looking after her family. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Jesse says that when Christy gets involved in something, the competition heats up right away. If you opened Webster's and looked up competition, you'd find a picture of Christy's face. I remembered that line specifically. (laughs) (laughs) That joke. I was like, really? (laughs) I think I was very small reading this at first. Aww. The nuances may have passed over me. (laughs) Less. So David Michael tells Christy about the science fair and... He is a bit nervous to enter, um, but Christy says that she is to enter when she was his age and uh, he should totally enter and they should do a project on the solar system. Um, So David Michael starts to come up with ideas for, uh, he wants to make a big Saturn and use a big beach ball and put hula hoops around it for rings, which is very endearing. Uh, but Christy feels that it's not sciencey enough. And apparently some of these kids are going to be playing hardball. Kids who really know science. Kids who will do great experiments. This is an elementary school science fair. I don't know what she's expecting. I don't know. You've got to do something better than them if you want to win. Help me, Christy, said her brother plaintively. Christy paused. I'll help you, she said at last, but I won't do the project for you. So, like, yeah, great foreshadowing, Christy. You're going to model the behavior that Jessie is not doing because <laughs> Jessie's got too involved. But all she does in this fucking chapter is, like, David Michael brings her one idea after another and she shoots them all down. Get real, babysitters. <laughs> <laughs> get real, babysitting charges. You're seven now. Shape up. Come on. Let's get some, like, <laughs> let's get a proposal. That's going to have legs on it. Exactly. I, so I did some uh, research today Mm -hmm. um, and I asked my own seven-year-old what he would submit to a science fair if he was to enter a science fair. I bet it would be very impressive. Um, And at first he was like, I don't know. And then I was like, well, I kind of like rearranged what I had said. Mm -hmm. And he said, hmm, I guess I could do an experiment on different kinds of throwing. Uh, we were actually throwing a ball to each other at the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, ooh, sports science. Very cool. So I guess he doesn't know that like volcanoes is the obvious answer yeah. that you're supposed to, to submit a yeah. volcano. <laughs> Ballistics um, and physics and all that. <laughs> I, yeah, why, like, why not? <laughs> I, I don't think Christy is being as helpful and supportive as um, she gives herself credit for. <laughs> in this. That is frequently the way. <laughs> but eventually she does actually accept... Uh, David Michael's idea. He decides to build a mobile model of the um, the solar system. Uh, although Christy insists on like improving it by saying that he should make it move so that the planets can actually like rotate around each other and stuff, which does sound extremely challenging for a seven year old. But mm-hmm. uh, whatever. At least he is more or less on board with this, and it doesn't involve secret chemicals. <laughs> She hasn't explained to him either. She's just like, you should do this, but I can't do your project for you, so I won't explain it to you. So he comes up with his own idea and she's like, oh, that's wrong. This is... This is not better than what Jesse's doing. No. <laughs> no. But he, I think he's less visibly miserable about it than Jackie Radowski is. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's true. Like, Mallory is actually like, cool, Margot, do whatever the hell you want. Well well done. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's better. That's the only positive way of, like, managing the situation. Yes. Margot is like, or Mallory just is like, I have too many siblings to get invested in this. Yeah. I'll just be like, I'll be over here making snacks. Exactly. You put Barbie on the moon, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. (laughs) Someday Barbie will go to the moon. I believe it. I believe in you, Margot. David Michael wants to make his space monsters and astronauts have a big fight on Venus. And Christy 
is not on board with that. She is not as supportive as uh, Mallory. Come on. He he actually like offers to do a picture of the solar system, which is labeled. Yeah. And I'm like, that'd be great. That's probably fine. They'll put that on a wall. He's, he's very small. That's called making a poster. Yeah. People do that at conferences. It's fine. (laughs) I've done that. Exactly. (laughs) very intimidating. I bet your planet diagram was really good. (laughs) The computer scientists were very nice to me about <laughs> my planet diagram. <laughs> I felt like a seven-year-old with a with a diagram of the solar system. No, but like, yeah, if that's his level, then let him submit it. Like, yes. don't be like, oh, you're shit. <laughs> it's not good enough. You have to go up against the hardball kids who are in like, who are practically in secondary school. <laughs> Stacy goes around to the Johansons. Um, Stacy's still feeling a bit off diabetes-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh they're continuing to foreshadow the best foreshadowed plot events ever. Yeah. Yeah. But she, yes, she's looking after Charlotte Johansson, who has actually taken her own initiative and is doing an experiment that she came up with herself and is just doing mm-hmm. the whole thing herself. Shocker. So yes, <laughs> Charlotte has um, three jars of beans sprouting and she's playing classical music to one, Duran uh, Duran to the second one and nothing to the control pl- the control jar in case music isn't good for plants after all i love <laughs> this a control group she's so smart <laughs> it's amazing it's adorable also i think this was my introduction to the concept of a control group which is like quite a useful thing to know about <laughs> very useful so stacy is very enthusiastic about this although she does suggest some improvements that um charlotte really gets on board with where she should actually like collect some data and make some charts and graphs and things and Mm. like yes that is a good idea these these feel like non-invasive enhancements this is just some other stuff you could add to your basically good project it's not like your project is terrible this is more like how to correctly document the the project that you've come up with rather than like what to do and yeah, once Charlotte hears about this idea, she gets excited and is enthusiastic and comes up with her own ideas for how to do it. And mm-hmm. it's great. Um, <laughs> they involve crayons. I love that her uh, her data collection methods <laughs> require crayons. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's very small. Yes, she is. She's a tiny scientist. <laughs> yes. It's great. Um, so Becca comes over to complain about Aunt Cecilia so she tells Charlotte all about it while Stacy earwigs which is how we're able to hear all of this they get giggly it cheers Becca up a bit uh they list some more uh things they could do to torment Aunt Cecilia I particularly like tying Aunt Cecilia to a chair and telling the Ramses that robbers had done it You know, if you don't want Aunt Cecilia to contradict you, you're going to have to kill her. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there is a big problem with this, which is that Aunt Cecilia remains an eyewitness. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, this is one of those stories that, like, it started out small and got, like, it went places that people didn't anticipate. (laughs) I also love the plan of dressing up as Avon ladies and selling Aunt Cecilia jars full of water. It's, it's like the mean girl's foot lotion as face lotion prank only like way more half-assed <laughs> I also really wish we had got to see them attempting to dress up as Avon ladies <laughs> yeah I don't think it would have worked that well mm, no 
I don't know. Maybe they're very good at costuming. We just, we'll never know. <laughs> the whole thing is to make Anne Cecilia aware that you are annoyed with her enough to do something really stupid. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'd say it would work on that level. <laughs> <laughs> True. But I think she already knew. <laughs> I think they should stick to shaving foam in the slippers. Yes, I think that was probably more effective. I actually did get pranked with an artificial spider once <laughs> in a like hilarious I don't know I, I don't know the word for this. Is it a concatenation? Let's say it was a concatenation of, of pranks by my in-laws. What? My mother-in-law had gone to bed early and she had left a plastic spider on the stairs halfway up and a couple of hours later I went to go to bed this is when we were living with my in-laws for people who don't know my entire life story sorry (laughs) so I went to go to bed a couple of hours later and there was a huge spider as I thought halfway up the stairs and I was too scared to go upstairs because I'm quite scared of spiders so I tiptoed downstairs and announced there was a big spider uh so my father-in-law said he would catch it in a jam jar. So he went up with a jam jar and very carefully caught the spider and came down. <laughs> and only as he caught it did he realise it was actually a plastic spider. He had not been in on the initial prank. So he threw it at me out of the jar. And I screamed my head off, waking up my mother-in-law who heard like my my girlish shrieks and just sort of quietly cackled to herself and only the next morning owned up to having left the spider there yeah i didn't think it would work that well that's amazing wow what why just said a devilment i feel like if you deliberately try to freak somebody out in a way that you know they're going to be freaked out first of all that's mean and secondly they might pee on your couch (laughs) okay in order (laughs) I don't think my fear of spiders is a full on phobia I'm just squeamish cool okay point two I doubt my father-in-law knew that I was afraid of spiders particularly point three I maintained full control of my bladder at all times throughout yes (laughs) your bladder is unimpeachable unlike Trump Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, like Trump. Yes. <laughs> so you specified before. Um I but your your bladder, yes. I just feel like if you throw something terrifying to a person at them, yeah. you don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> they <laughs> like you have to be responsible for the consequences. It is a bit of a fuck around and find and find out. You don't know what's gonna happen. Um you don't know how scared someone is of these things. You have to assume that there could be a very unpredictable reaction and it might end badly for you and it's your fault if it does. Well, if I had peed on the carpet, yeah. it was his house, so he would have had to pay for a replacement. So. <laughs> Bit of anish moose, be grand. <laughs> like, yeah, if I were to wear a clown costume and jump out at your brother, Esther, <laughs> if I got stabbed... No jury would convict. No, yeah. that would absolutely be your fault. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I'm also a lot less physically intimidating than my brother, though. Like, his chance of stabbing you would be a lot higher than my chance of stabbing a random the, other adult. The plastic spider. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> anyway, I just, I'm just saying plastic spider pranks can be very effective, even when you don't <laughs> actually plan for them to be very effective. Yes. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> At the next meeting, Claudia is separating out the contents of a package of Neckos, pushing all the violet-coloured ones aside. Claudia doesn't like purple Neckos. 
So this sent me to Google, and I assume, Aoife, this is what also sent you to Google. Oh, absolutely. So now I know about the New England Confectionery Company and also the fact that the purple ones are clove flavour. Oh, yes, that's a divisive flavour. Sounds like the Flanders family eating wintergreen ice milk. It really does. Oh, my God. Do you guys not ever, have you never eaten clove drops? Oh, I love clove drops. I love clove flavoured, but they're, they're boiled sweet. They're boiled sweets, yeah, not yeah, chalky. Yeah. These are like chalky, disky things, like oh, refreshers or something. Yeah, they're like very thin refreshers. They're called Necco wafers. Mm, they're like, okay. yeah, if you, got, if you got a refresher and like quartered it horizontally. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just the clove flavour, like I understand that being super strong. It's, but it's it's one of those things it's like um it's like aniseed where you love it or you hate it and there's enough people out there who are weird and love it the flavors <laughs> like, are actually weird the flavors are lemon yellow colored lime mm-hmm. green colored orange orange clove which are purple cinnamon which are white wintergreen which are pink licorice which are black and chocolate which are brown huh yeah like a chocolate flavored chalky sweet is weird yeah also having like clove cinnamon wintergreen and licorice is weird that's a lot of like old people flavors yeah have they been around for a long time yes Yes, they have yeah this sounds like like you know when a brand has been unexpectedly successful like brill cream and has (laughs) a name that's like straight out of the 20s yes Um, (laughs) it's yeah it's it's exactly that it's like we have been making this for so long that we are using like stuff people were into before world war one yeah and i mean maybe claudia doesn't like it but there's probably like tons of people who are like oh my god they got rid of the purple ones those are my favorite how could you do oh, it yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely now we know what neckos are mm-hmm. mallory is sort of idly speculating about how to break various guinness world records and the idea of making a gigantic pancake that 500 people could eat i loved this scene um mallory is really taken with the 500 pound pancake thing yeah. she's really in this thought experiment um <laughs> i think this is maybe one of the scenes that made me really like mallory when yeah. i was younger um because she is obsessed with this and the rest of them are for some reason disgusted at the notion of the giant pancake. Yeah. Um, um but Mallory's just really taken with it and she's she's going down this rabbit hole. Um uh and like everyone else is like, oh my god, I'm gonna be sick. Um so uh she's arguing with Jesse that um Mallory says no one can eat the pancake. Um eat the five hundred pound pancake, and Jesse's like, Well, five hundred people could each eat a piece of the pancake, a pound of pancake? Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean I'm here for it, but I don't know if everyone is. <laughs> um would you want to eat something, says Mallory, that four hundred and ninety nine other people were touching and that had probably been buttered by an army of people skating across it with slabs of butter strapped to the bottom of their shoes? I think this is the bit where I was like, Mallory, you are a visionary. <laughs> I want to be part of this. I will eat one pound of pancake if I have to. <laughs> Um, and then Marianne comes in and is like, you guys, cut it out, exclaimed Marianne, looking absolutely green as she entered club headquarters and heard that last comment. Yeah, Mal, what's gotten into you? I, I, Jesse asked. You'd think Aunt Dictator lived at your house. Why are we talking about Aunt Cecilia again? We have a perfectly good pancake conversation going on. Here. Yeah, that was a hilarious, just Jesse has decided it's time to make the conversation all about her. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, also, Marianne. Why is the giant pancake grossing you out? <laughs> Why are you green in the face? Why are you all so sensitive to giant pancake talk? 
Yeah. I know you don't like vegetables, okay? We we like we understand that. We're trying to support you in this. But fucking pancakes are entry level food. Even if people are skating across them with butter strapped to the bottoms of their shoes, which I want to do someday. Yes. <laughs> it does sound very liberating, yes. <laughs> oh it's it's not gonna be it's gonna be a cold pancake, so the butter isn't gonna really <laughs> Slide. melt yeah, yeah. Uh, but american butter is more melty it melts at a lower temperature yeah, so more water in it yeah okay american listeners tell us if you think this is feasible <laughs> and if you're going to attempt a guinness record like dm me <laughs> <laughs> i will eat one five hundredth of your pancake <laughs> <laughs> gladly i guarantee it but like maybe send it like airmail so it's not too old by the time it gets here I will go out there as long as you promise that I can actually wear the butter skates. <laughs> yes. So uh, Mallory is proudly telling everyone about Margot's shadow box for the science fair. It is it, it, it is it is more of an art installation than a science project. <laughs> She's got Barbie Ken and Skipper inhabiting the moon and dressed in pink and silvery sparky sparkly jumpsuits like the Jetsons. Everyone knows the Jetsons. I mean, I knew the Jepsons. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is pretty funny, but it's just yet again, all pop culture, all pop cultural references are from the 60s. It's yes. ancient. Yes. It's retro futuristic. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so she's put Tang and little plastic food in uh, for the Barbies to eat because you can't grow food on the moon. Uh, Mallory admits that it just looks like a Barbie scene with a picture of the earth in the background. And Jesse's like... What you should do is totally take over this project and micromanage it. Uh, Mallory's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mallory. And then they start kind of probing Jesse a bit more. <laughs> yeah. I actually really like the Christy to start talking about David Michael's project. He happened to choose a very tough project. Christy, you <laughs> steered him straight towards it. He wanted to make a poster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tried to show him a way to get the distances right, but he doesn't understand what I mean, and he won't let me do it for him. I don't blame him. Don't you, though? I didn't get a chance to take over this project, and therefore I'm going to lecture other people on not getting... You know what? David Michael shares a lot of Christie's genetic inheritance, so... <laughs> He's actually got the chops to push back against her when she wants to take over, um, to a degree. True. Christy then does admit that this is essentially a retread of the Little Miss Stonybrook pageant plot, and people are at risk of getting a bit too uh, invested in these things, which Jesse interprets as, I realised that my friends and I weren't going to be as competitive as I first thought. No, just Jesse is going to be as competitive as she first thought. <laughs> I was gearing up for this because I didn't approve of the pageant because I'm a feminist, right? Um, but this is about science, so I can get really competitive. Are we going to get competitive? Oh, just just me? Christy? Come on, Christy. You're supposed to be into this. <laughs> I don't think Jesse is competitive per se. It's It's not as straightforward as that. Yeah, I suppose. Now I I know and I I think there's there's plot related justification for why Jesse is is yes. behaving in this yeah. manner. So yeah, that's that's allowed. But she's she's kind of trying to like get involved in the drama and nobody else has any drama to offer. She's yeah. like I want to have drama over the science fair. I, she's she also comes across as like 
trying to sound the other girls out to compare her own behavior. Yes. Um, like, Stacy, aren't you giving Charlotte a lot of help with her project? And Stacy's like, mm, no. <laughs> you know, I've given her a little bit of advice, but she's mostly doing her own thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think that is a, um, a continuing message throughout all of these is that the babysitters will gear up and get competitive, um, but the, they they can't do anything for the kids that they don't already have in yeah. them. And it's always the children who are predisposed to be good at the activity that is under discussion yeah. Like, yeah. that will actually succeed at it and everybody yes. else can either have a good time and not necessarily be great at it or they can have a shitty time because <laughs> you've ruined it for them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See Charlotte Johansson at the Little Miss Stony Brook pageant. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually glad that Charlotte is has found her niche. Yes. Yeah, she <laughs> she's going to have a good time with this one. Yeah. She's going to be a woman in STEM and it's going to be great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Marianne um, voices what everyone is thinking and says that Jessie is basically doing the project. Mm-hmm. And Jessie is like, am I? No, I'm definitely not. It's fine. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's the babysitters that are wrong. <laughs> exactly. Let me tell you how much Aunt Cecilia sucks. She keeps doing <laughs> things for us and getting in the way. <laughs> Jessie is normally the club's like fount of self-awareness and she is just like off duty this week. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone needs a holiday. <laughs> exactly. Um, the others encourage her to talk to her parents about the Aunt Cecilia situation and like mm-hmm. get their issues resolved. But Jessie is like, no, we can't because now Aunt Cecilia has compromising information on how bold we've been. So, like, <laughs> oh, it's mutually assured destruction. I also love this paragraph. I felt miserable. I know I looked miserable. This was because Don said, You look miserable, Jesse. <laughs> this one has some good lines. <laughs> Then Mallory cheers everyone up by uh, bringing up the 500 pound pancake again and wonders if you mix the batter in a cement mixer. <laughs> Which is a pretty good idea if it's Ooh. a new cement mixer. Like, yeah. That's, yeah, you could do a lot worse. Uh, next, Jackie, uh, Jessie is over at Jackie's house. Um, Jackie is legitimately excited about the volcano erupting and how exciting it's going to be. Uh, which is nice to see because mm. he's, he's been through a lot. Um, so they built the volcano and it has a can full of secret chemicals. <laughs> Although, yes, Jackie and his mom had to go to four undisclosed locations to find them all. <laughs> Jackie wants to try the volcano out to make sure that it works. And Jesse points out that then the volcano project would get all messy, but maybe they should do like a test explosion out in the back. More more accurately, though, she she's like, um, no, you can't set off the volcano. And he's like, oh, OK. And then she's like, well, we could, I suppose, put it in the can and you could try it. And they're like, yay. Um, it's, she's just it's. She just keeps shutting them down. Yes. Same as with David Michael. She's um, she's learned too much from Christy, I think. <laughs> That's it. She's gone. She's gone into Christy mode. Yeah. So they go out. They detonate their explosives. A bunch of ash spews out of the can, which I have no idea if that's physically possible to like generate a bunch of ash in a, in an explosion in a tin can. This seems implausible. Hannah Martin is like, it's going to be a volcano. It will perfectly mimic a volcano it's fiction (laughs) it will not be we will not use the 
household chemicals that people generally use for volcanoes, it will be secret. <laughs> so um, it will have ash, it will have um, pyroclastic flows, it will have uh, rocks of the type that like hit people. Uh, it's going to be a little mini volcano and I just won't tell people how to make it. It'll be grand. I'm, I'm uh, Fiction, everybody. <laughs> I want to believe that it really happened this way. My personal headcanon okay. is that it totally worked and Jesse is actually telling the truth here. <laughs> Little miniature Pompeii people are just trapped They're under like, ah! in the driveway. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, then Jesse hits Jackie with the revelation that he has to give like a presentation about volcanic eruptions and he has to tell them all about how volcanoes work and stuff. He wants to call the project My Volcano, uh, but she won't <laughs> let him do that. He suggests The Volcano or A Volcano. And eventually she informs him that the name is going to be Welcome to the World of Volcanic Activity. <laughs> Which she said she wanted a catchy name and I'm not really sure that this is catchy so much as awkward, but whatever. Mm -hmm. um, then Jackie makes a sign that says Welcome to the World of Volcanic Activity, but it's spelt wrong. So she makes a new sign in her trademark illegible handwriting and <laughs> draws some really half-assed volcanoes and tells him, now that's a sign. Use bubble letters, Jesse. Come you on. can't use cursive it's for a 80s. title. Yes, <laughs> that's very true. Particularly Jesse cursive. It's yeah. so hard to read. Um, so then, yeah, she insists they have to go over to the school hall and stake it stake the place out to decide where is the best location to do his presentation and <laughs> she's gone completely out of control she, she is a monster i have no power in the current living situation that i'm in so i'm going to find some power and just like enforce it over the small child whose yes. life i'm currently i've been given permission to run ha, <laughs> until the end of the science fair <laughs> oh my god she's a mad scientist <laughs> Jessie is a mad scientist. She is. <laughs> um, I do love the speech that Jackie initially wants to give, which is, this is my volcano. I built it myself. You like the chemicals and the ash goes, foo, foo, phew, out of the can. I think 10 out of 10, no notes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Jessie writes him a speech and forces him to memorize it, then tells him what hand gestures to make. And... She says that she's doing a great job and she's glad to have made Jackie so happy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I learned igneous, metamorphic and sedimentary from this book. <laughs> and I still kind of know what those are. I'm not a geology nerd, um, but I, I do know those three words. So uh, <laughs> I learned a moral lesson about not doing science projects for people, but also I learned some basic geology. <laughs> Which is nice. Yeah, it stayed but, with me. And does love to teach us things. So yes, now we know the types of rock. <laughs> we just don't know how to generate them in a tin can with chemicals. No, because it's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's a minor detail. Don't touch anything. The chemicals might burn your hands. Like, what is in this can, Jesse? No. <laughs> it's, I need to know. it's probably carcinogenic. <laughs> Almost <laughs> certainly. Don't wash it out of your driveway with the hose. <laughs> Call the fire department and have them dispose of it safely. Yes. They can dig out the soil that's been contaminated. <laughs> it's uranium. <laughs> Jesse has stayed so long at the Radowski's house um, running Jackie's life for him that she's 10 minutes late home. Oof. 
and Anne Cecilia is furious. Mm-hmm. She says that it was irresponsible of Jessie not to let her know. She should have called and told her she was going to be late. And she is very, very angry. And late is late, whether it's two minutes, two hours or two days. Mm. And Jessie says that two days thing was a low blow. She was referring to Becca getting stranded on the island, which she still claimed was my fault. (laughs) I'm really not sure that was what Aunt Cecilia was going for, but maybe. It it does sound like she's being rhetorical here, but um, everyone is still very sensitive about that. Jessie is is furious anyway and says that her parents wouldn't have cared if she was 10 minutes late. But Aunt Cecilia is like, well, I'm in charge. So she says that Jessie can't go to the meeting, which Jessie is outraged by. And Becca and Squirt are, I guess this is the scene from the cover, Becca and Squirt are Mm. called at the site of actual arguments. Oh no. Um, So Jessie tries to ring her parents to get their input. Uh, But she has to admit that this isn't an emergency. So her dad can't be summoned at work and she can't call her mom at work because she's too new at the job and she doesn't want to be disturbed with home stuff. Mm -hmm. So Jessie comes up with a hilarious plan um, to get some passive aggressive revenge on this. So (laughs) I love this. Do you want to give us that? Oh, no. um, Just that like Jessie has like accepted that she can't go to the meeting. Yeah. Um, so she's sitting at home fuming and yeah. yes, she does come up with a, a plan. Sorry, you go ahead. I, I actually love this. She So she calls Christy to tell her that she can't come to the meeting and says, um, can you call me lots during the meeting to make it look like I'm really important? Yes. <laughs> and Christy's like, yes, can do. <laughs> so they call the house 14 times, which is amazing. Uh, to keep from inconveniencing uh, or from monopolizing the club line, they switch back and forth between using Claudia's personal line and the Kishi's line, which is very smart of them. They phone Jesse a lot. They make it look like the club can't possibly function without Jesse. And Cecilia is very annoyed. It's amazing. It's half an hour. So they've called her once every two minutes yeah. for a <laughs> half an hour stretch of time. And presumably, like, it took a little while for her to like negotiate this with them so it's probably even more frequent than that (laughs) i love it they are such good friends that's amazing it occurs to me that like i don't know that christy would have this kind of time for all the club members and i wonder (laughs) if like christy sees jesse as like a little bit of a kindred spirit (laughs) possibly (laughs) um maybe a successor (laughs) in the not that either of them is going to need a successor because they're both like in their basically their preteens, but still. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, no, nobody's aging out of this club. But <laughs> uh, no, they really aren't, <laughs> given the situation of the whole town. Exactly, they're doomed. Aunt Cecilia gets her revenge on Jessie by giving her a terrible hairstyle and putting like way too much product in it and stuff, and uh, her parents do not notice. They say, oh, did you do something different with your hair? And Jessie, again, can't bring herself to tell on Aunt Cecilia. We don't know what happened exactly, except that it's a really horrible haircut or hairstyle. Hairstyle, yeah. It is uh, the most awful hairdo possible. Uh, But unfortunately, we don't get any further details. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I feel like it's probably just scraped back really hard, but 
but yes you can't really have a hairstyle as a plot point and then not describe the hairstyle you can if your author is on m martin (laughs) okay you can but you shouldn't no you really shouldn't next chapter it's the evening of the science fair um jesse has made jackie turn up ridiculously early to set up and rehearse some more uh she's continuing to correct him as he delivers his speech which is a great way to help somebody who's nervous about delivering a speech is to interrupt them to tell them that they're doing it wrong people love that she goes around to scope out the competition. Um, there's a model of a human heart made from Play-Doh, she thinks. <laughs> I love the implication that, like, maybe it's just a human heart. <laughs> um, a small-scale dinosaur war, which I want to know more about. Yeah. Yeah. Something impressive about the Ice Age. Uh, Charlotte's plants, the Duran Duran plant, has outperformed the others. <laughs> unexpectedly it significantly yes. outperformed the others i um were they able to replicate these results in further studies is my question <laughs> yes i want to know i want to see this scaled up the data set is very small that's true yes the judges come around and they start asking people about their projects and jesse realizes that this is going to be a disaster because jackie won't be able to answer any questions mm-hmm. uh who could have foreseen such a turn of events? They get to Jackie's project. Uh, Jesse lights it for him. There's an impressive explosion. Then the judges ask follow-up questions and it all goes to hell. Jackie uh, volunteers that lava is very hot and that's about as much as he can manage. <laughs> yeah, bless. Poor Jackie. How old is Jackie again? Is seven. He, seven. He's only seven. Mm-hmm. He's only tiny. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very small. Uh, The judges are unimpressed and they make no secret of this. (laughs) Then Charlotte Johansson gets third prize and is ecstatic. Two random NPC kids get other other prizes for their projects. Jackie is fed up because he, even though he got an honourable mention, everyone got an honourable mention (laughs) except for the three (laughs) winners. It's actually a participant ribbon. We have spotted one in the wild. Yes. Jackie is one of these like snowflake tree hugging hippie liberals nowadays because his volcano project didn't get a zero for effort. <laughs> exactly. There was lots of effort, it just wasn't his effort. Yes. Uh, Jackie is actually mad at Jesse and says that he just wanted to have fun. He just wanted to make a volcano erupt. Mm-hmm. He's pretty annoyed and he's worried that the other kids are going to make fun of him, but actually they're very impressed by his explosion. So that's not too bad. He has particularly singled out some kids who he thinks are going to make fun of him because they're kind of inclined to bully him. And they come over and they're like, we loved your volcano. It was so cool. Can you do it again? And he's like, no. And they're like, okay, but that's great. Still, bye. (laughs) And he's like, oh, Uh, so there is a silver lining. What they say is that his volcano is totally rad, which is yet another current pop culture reference. They didn't say that it was fresh or they didn't say that it was spiffing or anything. They actually talk like stereotypical late 80s, early 90s teens. My mind is blown by this. That was when I checked to see if this was ghostwritten because I thought two current references was just too much. But yeah, and pulled it off somehow. Yeah, we we, no idea. (laughs) So Jessie is feeling suitably chastened after all of this. She apologizes for her crimes against volcano modeling. Um, <laughs> the Radowskis forgive her. Uh, Jackie is eventually feeling okay because the, the cool kids liked his volcano. So 
it's all okay. There's a lot made about the fact that Jesse apologizes to the Radowskis, which you would think involves Jackie, but mm. it really sounds a lot more like she's apologizing to the Radowski parents mm-hmm. and Jackie is also there. Well, they're the ones who pay her paychecks, so <laughs> I know. I know, but yeah. Um so what I find interesting is that she actually does give a heartfelt apology to Jackie and Jackie's like, "Yeah, you were kind of mean." <laughs> like, yeah. um and it's quite a good example of like generally in fiction if somebody gives a heartfelt apology it's accepted and everyone's like oh i can't still be mad at you and jackie's like no i am mad i'm still mad (laughs) i'm still mad gonna be mad about this until it turns out that the consequences are actually beneficial for me because i'm sorry like i'm sorry you feel sorry about this (laughs) i still am the person who has the dud volcano on my permanent record (laughs) i'll never get into a top tier school now and like I do think genuinely that, like, as adults, we are inclined to believe that, like, oh, if I go out there and apologize for doing something that's really crap, it's the person's job to forgive me. (laughs) No. (laughs) Actually, it would be better to acknowledge that sometimes they're still going to be mad. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and the the apology doesn't necessarily, it maybe helps, but. Yeah, mm, you don't don't know. You should never. If you burn down their garage, it's still burned down. You should never <laughs> apologize, so assuming that it's going to like automatically get you forgiveness. Yeah, but no. we, we fully are like taught to believe that it will result in forgiveness, which it doesn't have to. No, no, it so, does not. Yeah. It, it's not transactional, and yeah, you apologize because you owe someone one. They don't owe you forgiveness. Jackie has actually been through this exact dynamic before when Christy tried to make him run for class president or was yes. it class president oh or class yeah. hamster yeah. steward or something. she definitely made him run for some elected office and like, <laughs> this exact thing happened so I I feel like also maybe Jackie is just at the end of his rope with these babysitters and their bullshit <laughs> mom dad can you please just hire someone who will look after me and not get too emotionally entangled yes <laughs> please someone who does not care about my extracurriculars I'm not a project I don't need fixing okay I'm just a bit clumsy <laughs> maybe this is why he likes Claudia because all she did was like make a sculpture of his head and he enjoyed that yes so why are they so fixated on Jackie stop trying to fix Jackie I know right Jackie's fine I think Jackie just doesn't push back as much as some of the other kids <laughs> you know yeah. if you tried this with the Perkinses they'd be all like uh this really doesn't vibe with our creative vision so yes. <laughs> you're gonna have to leave the room and we'll just construct this like 3d immersive installation <laughs> yeah next chapter um Jessie asks to leave straight away and she says that she needs to talk to her parents at home and it's fairly important. When they get home, um, their mom says, Jessie wants to have a talk about some things with daddy and me. So when we get to our house, Becca, can you keep Squirtin and Cecilia company for a while and let us have some privacy? Okay. Becca <laughs> sounded like she was on her way to the guillotine. <laughs> I love the tiny drama. Jessie fully knows what the guillotine is. Absolutely. Which is good. That's useful information for, you know, the 2020s. She'll need it at that point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they sit down and Jessie lays out the themes of the novel for her parents, uh, which is people who overbear and micromanage. So <laughs> she tells them everything she did wrong with Jackie's volcano project. Uh, her dad says, well, you certainly seem to have recognized your faults. 
Um, <laughs> I would absolutely wither and die if somebody said that to me. Like that feels very like, and not before time because there are a lot of them. <laughs> I, I mean, I can kind of see Jeff saying that if presented <laughs> with you having like a, a lengthy realization. You know, he's he's just trying to be supportive there. <laughs> yes, but I would still feel very withered at the same time. I think Jesse's dad is. I'm picturing. Jeff, but black. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think he's a large guy with a big beard and he's, yeah, he's just, he's here for you. He's probably bakes really good cakes. Like, <laughs> his daughter's having a realisation. Yes. And he's, yeah. He's just going to respond to it. Yes. So she tells them all about the Aunt Cecilia situation and that Aunt Cecilia is micromanaging their lives and, uh, oh my God, it turns out the A plot and the B plot have connected. <gasps> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. doesn't always happen but in this case Anne is running the show so it does yeah. so Jesse's parents have a long overdue talk with Aunt Cecilia where they explain the amount of responsibility that the girls are allowed to have and that she doesn't need to micromanage them quite so much and Aunt Cecilia is like well maybe you don't need me at all and her mom is like yeah we do someone has to look after Squirt and the girls can't cook <laughs> <laughs> Just... <laughs> Also, we love and cherish you, Aunt Cecilia, and we're sorry about your husband dying. Mumble, mumble, mumble. <laughs> um, I mean, all of this is true. Yeah, and I like, I like. I think it's good that the Ramses are being radically honest. <laughs> like, um, because at the end of the day, um, it's it's nice to be like, no, 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 we appreciate you for who you are. And, but also it's important to say, we fucking need you to be here. Yes. <laughs> like, to yeah. do the, like, we actually need a responsible adult to mind the baby, <laughs> who is the real reason that she's there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and also it's, it's okay that the two small girls who have lots of extracurricular activities are not making the dinner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're not fucking Marianne. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, whose life was canonically miserable. So, yes. Yeah. I think also, I don't think, um, I think quite possibly we could interpret the, um, we do need you. We have a one-year-old and the, the girls can't cook <laughs> as more of a, I'd say that Jesse's mom knows Aunt Cecilia fairly well. Aunt Cecilia presumably is a person who will respond more directly to, no, we do need you than no, we do love and cherish you. <laughs> possibly I mean there are some I people mean, who that's yeah. going to just mean more to yeah true we need your skills specifically we love and cherish you and also we we asked you here for a reason this is in no way charity um, <laughs> yeah. we would like you to like contribute to our household yeah I, I guess there's a there's complexities here in relation to the the household management that we aren't privy to no um, that's true um, but yeah no it is important that they like they emphasize that yeah <laughs> i mean also i think like jesse very much made this about her own dignity as an 11 year old babysitter tm mm -hmm. but like yes. she should have possibly noticed that there's a baby that she can't mind while she's at school <laughs> yes <laughs> she's just it, not going to be here for the whole yeah. time it is a very important feature of the family <laughs> Yes, then Aunt Cecilia says that uh, she is working extra hard to help raise these girls right because uh, 
you know, they'll face extra challenges as black people in a white supremacist society. And sometimes black people have to work twice as hard to prove themselves. And you're like, yeah, Anne, that's a good point. You're talking about structural racism and disadvantage. And then Jesse says, yeah, just like Jackie Radowski, because he's clumsy. (laughs) So he too has to work twice as hard to prove himself. And oh, Anne. Yeah. So it's just there's a lot of ways to read this. So the specific thing that Anne Cecilia says is, I only wanted to show you that I care. I want you girls to grow up to be kind, responsible, neat and polite. You know, it's an awful thing to have to say, but sometimes black people have to work twice as hard to prove themselves. It isn't fair, but that's the way it is. Sometimes. Um, And she said sometimes twice. And like now it feels like, yeah, duh, they already fucking know about this and they have definitely (laughs) known about it for a long time. It doesn't ring very true. Yeah. But and also, I, I'm pretty sure this is definitely not the same thing as the fact that Jackie falls over sometimes. No, it's not. No, no fully not. It's it's exactly like Mallory and her whataboutery. When yes, it, like yes. Jesse was like, "Can I tell you about my experience of structural racism in Stony Brook?" And Mallory being like, "Well, gee, you're not the only person who has problems, Jesse. <laughs> yeah. I'm not allowed to pierce my ears, Jesse. <laughs> I do have suffered." Anne has on a couple of occasions put the comparisons between structural racism and other unrelated things into Jesse's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not a great look. No. <laughs> if we can just say that this this whole thing is not well handled, um we can move back to the interpersonal dynamics yeah. in the next yes. paragraph if you want, which is a yeah, so Aunt Cecilia saying, um, as long as we're bearing our souls, I confess something else. I was afraid I wouldn't be as good a sitter as you, Jesse. Um, were you? That, I would never be worried I wouldn't be as good a sitter as an 11 year old. No, particularly if you'd raised multiple children. I have raised zero children. I mean, I just figure because I'm an adult, I'm going to be better at most things than an 11 year old. Yeah, kinda. I don't think this is a realistic confession. No. no. I, it could be a realistic concession of ground to somebody yes. you yeah. and like Jesse has a forceful personality Becca in particular follows Jess- Jesse's lead on everything yeah. um, and is allowing her to kind of like forge the path um, like she's the person who rings up modelling agencies to see if they want to, <laughs> to take her on and yeah. they take her seriously um, I think it could be Aunt Cecilia is like reading the room well and is like, I have to actually respond to the the wounded dignity of somebody who yeah. I've gone up against, who I have yeah. to actually work with going forward. Let's go with that. Even that puts Aunt Cecilia in a more, like, she's a better judge of character than she has hitherto displayed, but yeah. we'll maybe go with that. It's the only interpretation that makes sense. Yeah. That makes any sense. And it doesn't make that much sense. No. <laughs> She does give Jesse a long overdue apology for blaming her for the boating accident. Yes. Uh, yes. Which she wasn't on the boat. <laughs> yes. And did not sign off on Becca going on the boat. I think a lot of what we're seeing as well in the conflict between Jesse and Aunt Cecilia, I feel is actually quite um, relatable in that um, something that we certainly experienced um, and Aoife will also experience in that like your older relatives have parenting advice that is 30 years plus out of date by the time you have children. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, Jesse's just 
like they she and becca keep criticizing aunt cecilia for not interacting more with squirt and aunt cecilia's like no my job is to feed him and make sure that he is cleaned and like supervised and sometimes i'm gonna leave him in the high chair and the girls are like you have to play with him yeah for his like psychosocial development aunt cecilia (laughs) yes um and that clash is really like that rings true <laughs> yes see also you're not allowed to spend the afternoon with a boy who is this jackie <laughs> yes exactly he's seven <laughs> i know that like when we're in our 20s the four-year age gap won't be a big deal but it is now okay <laughs> is an adult compared to him <laughs> all i want to do is control his science project <laughs> I disapprove of that as well, but like that's a conversation for reasons. another day. <laughs> so yeah, they they iron out some boundaries, mm. and Cecilia is told that Jessie is always allowed to go to her meetings. It is they are not withdrawn as a punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, that the parents will sign off on their schedules on a regular basis, and that the girls are allowed uh, choose their own outfits and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aunt Cecilia also finally um, rats them out for the whole shaving cream in the shoes thing, <laughs> which is fully deserved. Yep. And then the girls are sent away so that she can discuss an appropriate punishment with their parents. <laughs> um, the appropriate punishment appears to be leaving them in limbo so they don't know what the punishment is going to be for a while. Psychological torture. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds appropriate. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's exactly what she did to them initially when they did all the pranks. She was like, I'm just going to let this dangle over you and leave you in anticipation. (laughs) So yeah, they're not allowed to find out what their punishment is. (laughs) It's another cliffhanger. (laughs) Maybe it's death. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? But there are 70 more books, so probably not. That's true. Next, uh, we see the girls at a meeting. Everyone is discussing how everything turned out. David Michael is ecstatic over his his participant ribbon. Hmm. Um, He slept with it and carried it around with him. And now he has it hanging over his bed. (laughs) It's very cute. Good. Margot is proud of her project because she just wanted everyone to see Barbie on the moon. (laughs) That is the purest and most wholesome science project of all. I know. I love it. She just did it for the passion. Not even for the passion for science. It's just yeah. for Barbie on the moon. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> I Beautiful. love it. I, I respect it. <laughs> She's got a great future with Mattel as a designer. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Charlotte's having her name printed in the Stony Brook News because the Stony Brook News is still pretty short on content. <laughs> so they're just printing the names of local children who are smart. Uh, Charlotte is feeling great about herself and good for her. Jackie is feeling a little bit better but has barred Jesse from helping with any future science projects which <laughs> even Jesse agrees is entirely fair yeah uh, then we have a bit of foreshadowing for future books um which is because Mallory is mm. worried because her dad's company is in trouble and there's going to be layoffs dun 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 um, also Dawn says she's going to California in the next school vacation to see her dad and Jeff I have no idea if that's going to come up or not Jessie goes home. Um, she's feeling better about things at home. Aunt Cecilia is just behaving normally. Uh, she is letting Squirt out of the high chair and bang on some <laughs> pots and pans, which is entirely appropriate. And, you know, all toddlers should bang on pots and pans. <laughs> Not in the same room as me, but yes. Yes. 
Well, you know, Anne Cecilia is 95. Her hearing is probably diminished. So it's <laughs> she is an old prude. Exactly. <laughs> then Jessie goes upstairs and Becca summons her into her room and she points to her slippers in horror. They're full of shaving cream. <gasps> and in Becca's bed is a huge, disgusting plastic fly. <laughs> I liked that this is not part of the original um, selection of plastic insects. Yes. So Aunt Cecilia has gone out and got a plastic fly. Yes. yes. And a furry mouse for Jessie's bed. Yes. <laughs> and more shaving cream and her bed has been short, sh- short sheeted. So I guess this is their punishment. And yes. I love it. <laughs> yes. So I think we have gone on record as a podcast as not approving of um Tranks. the turnabout is fair play version of pranking people as mm-hmm. in as in the Betsy Sobak thing yes. Yes. where it was more of a public humiliation situation. This feels more symbolic. Yes, I think <laughs> and, so. Uh and nobody seems to be quite as upset about it. It's much more like um Yeah Aunt Cecilia You got us. Yeah. <laughs> you got us, Aunt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. This is acceptable pranking. I guess we're even now, said my aunt. I couldn't help smiling. I guess so. Yeah, agreed Becca. Okay, we can all cease pranking each other. We're even. Um, yeah, that makes that. This is a better way to do it. Yeah. This almost feels like um, l- like Anne fixing <laughs> the Betsy Sobak. Yeah, a little bit flat line. <laughs> Nobody even broke a leg, so it's all good. Yeah, I was going to say, none yes. of these pranks were either humiliating or dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Even the slippers probably weren't permanently damaged. No. They just probably had a bit of a smell to them in the future. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. And then, like, they get their final revenge on Aunt Cecilia by way of Becca telling the most unfunny joke in existence. <laughs> um, and Aunt Cecilia let out a burst of laughter like I'd never heard. Not from her, anyway. So we all began to laugh, even Squirt, although he hadn't understood the joke, of course. Um, Like, yeah, you've never heard this laughter before because it is fully fake. Um, (laughs) But she's being an extremely good sport here. This is not a funny joke. Um, I'm not telling the joke. It's like, just trust me, it's not that good. (laughs) I have to confess, when I was about 10... I read the same joke in Highlights for Children magazine and I thought it was hilarious. And then I repeated it to my family and my brother anticipated the punchline and spoiled it and I was so Aww. angry. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Bill committed many crimes. <laughs> and this was one of them. <laughs> this was one of them. Uh, okay, so the punchline is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Okay, you can just work it out backwards from there. Google it if you need to. <laughs> Don't leave anyone in suspense. Like, I like that you told them which joke it was while giving the shortest possible shrift to the joke. You refuse <laughs> to like tolerate any of the setup or anything. You're like, here's that punchline out of context. <laughs> Even as a child, I found this joke like tedious and a waste of my time. <laughs> Is it puerile and underdramatized? <laughs> it was puerile and underdramatized. Yes. <laughs> um, 
the important thing is that Aunt Cecilia is being a good sport about it and that um, Jesse tears up the list of mean things to do to Aunt Cecilia before she's discovered and punished for the list. Which is like, yes. Sensible. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a great relief to me. Um, <laughs> I work in archives. <laughs> if you don't want people to find your list, burn it. <laughs> yes. That's all I'm saying. Or don't make a list in the first place. Keep it in your head. Keep it in your head. Yeah. We have some fashion in this book. Yeah, it's great. Let's see. We have first, Claudia wears things Jessie's mother wouldn't even let her look at in stores, <laughs> like short, short skirts and tight black pants and off-the-shoulder sweatshirts. You would definitely be corrupted if you looked at those in a store. <laughs> There's a chunk of it at a meeting. My friends and I were dressed in typical outfits. Typical, but not necessarily traditional. For instance, Stacy was wearing tight black pants that reached just above her ankles and sported a column of four silvery buttons at the bottoms. The buttons were just for show, I think. Over the pants, she was wearing a long, past-her-knees, blue jacket made of soft material. Under that, she was wearing a sleeveless blouse. Now, that was unusual. <laughs> a jacket past her knees, as like indoor wear, is wild i want a girl with a short skirt and a long jacket i assume it's a blazer <laughs> yeah but a blazer that goes past your knees is like yeah it is it is novel i will give her that this feels very work though um including the like the trousers with the buttons oh my god you could wear this to work now i would yeah. wear this to work if i happen to have access to it and nobody would look twice at me. <laughs> this is Stacy, though. Like, she dresses, you know, grown up. Um, like, she, she dresses kind of like she's going to work sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's very sophisticated. Maybe she's going to work at, like, a cool publication or something. But, like, yeah. 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 Claudia is wearing a fake leopard skin vest, a fairly tame blouse and blue leggings, and five homemade paper mache bracelets that are painted in soft desert colours. I was like, leopard skin? And blouse, like, oh no, it's a vest. Oh no. <laughs> so here, so yeah, on this side of the Atlantic, a vest is a top with no sleeves that generally goes under other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's an undershirt. But in this, in the States, it's a horrible little hanging waistcoat. <laughs> that, like, but it's all waistcoats or vests. That's barbaric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that Claudia's one is more of a baggy, drapey thing. Oh, yeah. But like, yeah, it's like 1990. Yeah. Leopard print vests are definitely happening mm -hmm. i'm sorry oh my god uh yeah, okay. marianne and dawn are wearing <laughs> non-specific outfits belonging to each other that are both colorful and trendy christy is wearing jeans and a turtleneck and mallory and jesse are wearing jeans and if i do say so myself pretty fresh sweatshirts Dog. describe them <laughs> i know mallory has high top sneakers with beaded designs on the side mallory is living her best life now yes. i mean yeah that's that's fair um what is fresh about the sweatshirts? We don't get to know. We're never allowed to know any sweatshirt details. We just know that sometimes they get a good sweatshirt, but we don't know what it is. I assume they're not sparkly or we would have been told about that. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Karen, in your considered opinion, after weighing up the behaviour of all and sundry in this book, would you like to tell me <laughs> Is everyone terrible? I'm so conflicted or possibly I've just drunk too much wine. Um, I just tried to like, um, no, I don't think anybody is terrible. They all um, go down the rabbit hole of their worst selves for a while. 
but they have reasons for doing it. Nobody gaslights anybody in a secret passage, <laughs> <laughs> which is now the benchmark. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I guess even even Aunt Cecilia's motivations are explained in a way that rings somewhat true, I guess. Yeah, I feel like she just wasn't given explicit instructions by her employers and that's on them. She wasn't and she's a bit old fashioned and Jessie is a new woman TM (laughs) as of the 1890s um, who who doesn't need no aunt to tell her what to do. So uh, no, I think they're just being themselves. Um, And I think when when Anne is actually steering the ship, mostly even people's bad behaviour is... No, what am I talking about? She wrote the fucking Dawn in the Secret Passage. Like, yeah, hang on. Terrifying. Sorry, yeah, no. Um, I, I That's a lie. This is just historical revisionism. Please just um, remove all this section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're fine in this one. They're mostly fine. Um, I feel like Christy was like just led back from the brink of being her <laughs> yeah. worst self by the fact that her younger brother is just as strong-willed as she is. Yes. <laughs> Uh, apart from that everyone's fine yeah. <laughs> it's a rare foray into Jessie's worst self and I did find that fascinating she may not have gone full terrible but she's much worse than Jessie usually is and yes. Yes. that was that was unusual and exciting <laughs> yeah I don't know if Aunt Cecilia remains an antagonist in later books I feel like we still have Jessie complaining about her um, even though they have ostensibly like worked out their differences yeah. I don't think she ever becomes like a fun babysitter. Mm. She's an old prune. She can't. Yeah. <laughs> She's a prune. <laughs> oh, important point. Karen, would you like to talk us through your new category of Babysitter's Club plot? Do we have a list of the existing categories of plot? We have, there's a boy one. We have, let's solve a mystery that may or may not involve a ghost. Uh-huh. We have, everyone has a fight. Uh-huh. Illegal daycare. Yeah, illegal, illegal daycare. daycare. The most important of all of them. Uh, yeah, so this, following on from the beauty pageant one, we have competitive babysitting where everybody picks a charge who is engaged in an activity and promotes them <laughs> to the point of it being really infeasible and everybody hates every part of it. Um, <laughs> yes. And sometimes people learn a valuable lesson, but only until we need this again for plot reasons. Yes, they will definitely forget it. Yeah, we had competitive beauty pageanting. We have had competitive science, um, sciencing. I feel like this isn't this isn't only twice. I feel like there's another one, but I can't remember what it is now. There's definitely been another one. I mean, the entire Christie's Crushers is that true, except that Christie's the only babysitter sort of deeply involved in it. Like, everybody backs a horse. Yes. Um, and, like, if it's Mariah Perkins, you're probably going to do well. Um, <laughs> Charlotte Johansson, variable results. <laughs> yes. Really depends on what field. Karen Brewer, ooh, don't know. <laughs> don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so competitive babysitting, yes. I'm going to make my charge succeed whether they like it or not. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Our next book, It's a Boy One. Mm-mm. We have Dawn and the Older Boy, number 37. But, you know, because it's Babysitter's Club, I I don't think it's going to be unsavory old. He's probably like 15 or something. Mm, It's going to be unsavory. (laughs) There'll definitely be cringy situations. And, you know, I'm always here for a bit of a cringy situation. (laughs) Oh, I'm 
dying inside just thinking about it. I know, I never read that one before for that reason, so, yep. I definitely did read it. I don't remember anything except that it ends with cringing situations. It is definitely, like, unpleasantness and embarrassment. Thank you. Hit us up on the social. We're on Twitter as at Podcast Dawn. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Tumblr as the Podcast at Dawn's House. You can send us an email at thepodcastatdawnshouse at gmail.com. And there's another thing. You can rate and review us in Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I knew there was one other social Woo. media arm. There's another social that you forgot. <laughs> you forgot the yes, social. Yes, that, that people need to hit us up on. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 30 episodes I'm still mad <laughs> in conclusion all I have to say is somebody fucking tell us what the chemical is I'm going to die of suspense I think you're going to die in suspense Esther. <laughs> if this is a real thing and the, those chemicals are accessible I swear we are going to do this <laughs> you're going to go in the field or we're going to have an explosion. Yes. <laughs> Just use vinegar and baking soda. No, That's that not is an not an explosion. That's a mess. <laughs> like, any of us could do that. Yes. In our houses without making too much mess. Just put down some newspapers. That's boring. Yeah, we need Anne to release the full details. We need this. pyrotechnics. Okay. <laughs> Someone put in a freedom of information request. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll get back a letter from Anne politely telling us that she just made this up, guys. No! (laughs) I think this might be the least punchy sign-off we've ever come up with. (laughs) Like, why are you people still here? (laughs) Go home. (laughs)